predictions. I can't believe we're doing predictions on this, the February 11th of the, the newest year, the most current and recent of the years, the 2024. Well, we got to get through it. And, you know, we got to also... The problem... Part of the predictions is that we discuss uh, whether we got things right or wrong last year. Yes. Um, but the problem right now is that we we often say this. Um, and we And, you know, it's a little joke, and the viewers know that uh, sometimes. It's, it's half true, half, you know, whatever. Um, it's never been a better time to play video games, right? But this is ridiculous. This is, I don't think there's ever, there has literally never been a year, I think, that started out this hot, this fast. I have, like, there's so many things. I, I, I'm going to have to not talk. You know that I, the viewers know that a lot of times, uh, this is famously a video game podcast where one half of the hosts don't play video games. That's and, true. And I and every week you you come for the hottest news on Valorant and um uh Honkai and this week, you know, this this month, this this week, this episode, um I've got so many games. I've got so many games that I'm going to have to not mention. Games. I cannot wait to hear what you think about Helldivers 2. Uh the Kirby game of the quarter, but that first That is true. Everyone knows, but first the the uh, the predictions. So the way that we start predictions is that we are going to go through last year's predictions and see what we got right. I don't have any good predictions. All right, Kirby. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring yours up first. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at mine right now. Uh, Kirby, I uh, said, for 2023, I you said I said huge huge year for fighting games, big Twitch numbers, streamers playing Street Fighter causes more people to get into the draw into the genre sf6 brings people in like sf4 project l open beta late summer haha ha, akali announced that's a lot of different things i tried that you just rolled into a single this is, this is i mean you know predictions are predictions like we're not even we, i don't think that a lot of these are gonna happen sometimes but it's like you take a swing for the fence and you you hope that you uh win the powerball if that is that a metaphor um, so it, I think it was a big year for fighting games. I don't, I don't know if I would say it probably was the biggest year for Twitch numbers, but was it like a breakout year for fighting games? Like, I'm, I don't know if I would necessarily say that. Um, I do feel like a lot of people enjoy Street Fighter 6 and continue to enjoy Street Fighter 6. No, uh, do you mean Mortal Kombat 1? Uh, do you mean Grand Blue? No word on, uh, Project L. Um, and it's and Project L is continuing, but it's in a weird spot because right now there's been like riot layoffs, and I know that they're kind of shifting money and focus back to their core. So like Valorant, um, League. Do you remember that game, League of Legends? Um, That's great. It's a good uh, game. And uh, Runeterra, I think, are like big. No, Runeterra is getting focus. deprecated. Runeterra is getting is getting eaten a little bit. I mean, because for a little while Riot was doing Riot Publishing, and See, the they, they had is fantastic they never, games. They never wanted to make money with Runeterra. Yeah, well, <laughs> was, was problematic. It's funny because Runeterra is a great example of like when you make a free to play uh, game like that. Like we we talked about last week that. Uh, Marvel's people are like so annoyed that Marvel Snap dare monetize at all, and um, it's kind of weird. Like someone has to keep the lights on, and this is what happens when you don't keep the lights on when you make like a ridiculously theory. Um, 
then I said 2023 is nutso butso, which is weird because I feel like that's your word. Um, I have to go back and check the tapes on that one. Um, uh, it was. Hey, I'm reading yours. I feel like it was. Okay. Kirby, you said that 2023 is nutso butso. I'm going to say that you got it right. It's a, that was, that run right there seems like a bunt. If I'm going to continue using baseball metaphor, as far as I understand with baseball, bunting is a cheap and stupid tactic that sometimes that is no it's fine no one enjoys that's Um, a fine prediction it was we didn't say it in 2022 we don't it's not like we say every year is going to be insane um here's my favorite is this next one if you're still reading mine nintendo phone nintendo phone yeah i think i still think that i i i think that the I, i think that this was the coolest prediction i've ever made and it makes the most sense to me and that is that nintendo you know has the biggest, like, the thing that makes Nintendo Switch still alive is that it's, like, up until Steam Deck didn't have great, it didn't really have, like, uh, a a competitor in the mobile space of the, the, the mobile, non-mobile phone space. And I feel like it would be so smart for them to make a, like, the next console be a phone. That like it is a Nintendo console and it but it accepts calls and it browses the internet and it plays Mario and then they would like would there be like what's the questions we I remember last year we had to talk about like what would they do with the App Store I mean it it would yeah sure they would have to it would be they would have to carve their own spot but they they've they've done that always I mean like the, the Switch doesn't even really get really too many. Um, extraneous games like it's mo- like the games that most people play yeah. on the switch are the you, first party games so i don't think that they would be yeah. that worried about that you can come back to this because you have an insane prediction also this year um kirby riot starts publishing games and sells them on the riot client Ooh, nice try kirby backwards nice try. I got that one backwards. Out, yeah turns out that's the opposite uh and finally diablo 4 will release to good reviews but there will be something that turns fans off and destroys hey, its goodwill. Yo, hey, yo, hey, yo! I knocked it. I wrote that one by the words of it is perfect. Oh my god! I never have I I I, I spoke the truth. I saw the future. Diablo destroyed Four destroyed the goodwill. Diablo Four in in fact did release to good reviews and is hated, hated by hated. Yes, hated, hated by hated. by a community. the numbers are great. Their numbers? Oh, what numbers? Of people are playing it. What numbers? The active player counts. Ah, they they poor Twitch stuff, poor Twitch views. Um, every single person that like Zizaran, all the P P O E people, the people going to last Epic. Uh, they Diablo Four. I, I not have not heard a good word about it's this got game. Got the player counts. Uh, yeah, I've not heard a good game. I mean, I mean, pl- player counts. Like it doesn't. It it is. It is not like the player counts are by nowhere near i'm sure so good that it's like impressive like it it's not i don't think that it's that like it, it is it it's it's still blizzard and you know the the late person for some reason hasn't caught up to how terrible of a company it is but diablo 4 is trash um it it it, it did exactly i think it, it did exactly what it, what i said it did it released to good reviews it is ridiculously shallow um in the first like 10 hours you've kind of seen everything it's very boring the season suck uh, generally a bad game. I was right. That's an awesome. Got those that player was, counts. That though, was an right? awesome. What player counts? Give me a number. Uh, in the in who the is, last thirty who, days, who, it's got three point eight million 
uh, active players. Who's spending uh, money on right now? How much money online is one hundred eighty-one thousand. Do you want to know how much money Diablo Four made? Yeah, after well, I mean, how much money as as especially as a live service because the sales of the original of Diablo Four were were fantastic, and then the last Activision call was that they could not monetize Diablo Four. And I don't were, think it's really easy to nail down how much money they made. Well, I'm telling you much, that in the, I don't the think earnings call, they said that, that Diablo 4 had phenomenal sales and that they could not figure out how to monetize it after that. That people yeah. aren't buying... Why can't they just release a game and let it be a game? I guess. Well, maybe they should release a better more. game. Yeah. Anyways, what else you got? Is that it? That's it. All right. Go through mine. James said, it's the best year for video games since 2007? And there's a question mark. Co-signed. I'm not really sure why. I gotta. I, gotta, a, I really gotta, gotta play back the tapes on this one because best year for games since two thousand seven sounds like something that I would say, maybe like or like you wish. nineteen. I would almost maybe say nineteen ninety eight. But um, then you, then me saying not so but so. I'm not sure about it. Diablo four, the only good Blizzard game in a long time. Well, I liked it. You don't. You barely played it. I feel like. What do you mean? I played it. You didn't play it, and you, they, I, especially I got for, my money's worth. For for you, be it it is twenty twenty four. The price of a sandwich at a bodega is twenty dollars. If you pay sixty dollars for a video game, Maybe and you Long play Island, it for five minutes. That's sad. If you play it for five minutes, then you've gotten your money's worth. That's the is that's the, sand, is the sandwich twenty dollars near you? No, that would be disturbing. Fifteen probably for like a hoagie. Ooh, for a hoger, okay. maybe like a, a hero. That's what we call him on Long Island is hero. Hero's like Ooh, 15 okay. bucks. Okay, okay. Uh, you said let's P- go to the next one. You said uh, people get excited about VR again. PSVR 2 is dope. Valve announces new VR title. Damn, only one of this is true, which is people get excited about VR again. Who is excited? Is there, is, uh, is there all the spot? people who spent $3,500 on an Apple VR headset. And what are they doing with it? Uh, they are putting timers... Uh-huh. Over pots of boiling water. Okay. So that they know how long things have been cooking. Wow. I cannot possibly think. In an augmented reality I cannot space. possibly think of an easier over... way. Ah, God damn. You know, I wish that there was a timer on my oven, on my microwave, on you my phone. You could have multiple pots. What an if you egg had timer. pots going? Wow. And you could put a, a virtual timer over them. Yeah, if that's the most exciting thing that VR is doing, then pack it up. Pack it up. That's I mean, there was a big uh, Sony VR showcase, right? You tell me. Right? Yeah, you, you didn't me. see that? I don't think VR... I th- I I think there is no chance for VR. I, I think that... Yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, you have an Oculus, right? Until... So it, would, it would make sense that you uh, have no confidence until, in VR. Until the... Like, there's so many annoying things about VR. Um, I think for a lot of people uh, that that like it it requires, uh, you know, such a a much larger space. It requires so much uh, like annoyance to get into it. Like it, there's there's value in it after you get into it. But uh, yeah, I still don't feel like the. It's been like five years worth of saying like this is the year, and I, I really just don't. I feel I'm like pretty it's positive not, it's not on VR on VR still and. I think that it's also because my headset works so well that I'm confident on it, and I'm also confident on uh, a lot of the tech. Speci- I, I love the Index. I feel like my Index will be good for a long time because it works off the power of my computer. And if anything, I could see them uh, selling a new headset, but the rest of the ecosystem staying the same 
the base stations and the uh See, and I, the I hand, think that there's the, the hand controllers. I think that some of we'll that see. stuff is what's got to change is like just the the even even with the improvements since original VR headsets and since Oculus, it still is like unwieldy and until I think until it gets to the point where it's like almost nothing and it's extremely easy and it's not I, like there, there's there's so many like little individual frustrations I wear uh, glasses I have horrible horrible eyesight and if I want to play VR I have to put on contacts because it's not comfortable to put the VR headset over my glasses and I can't see uh, the VR if I take off yeah. my glasses so like I it's, mean, if it's you were a like real that. if you were a real VR enjoyer then you would get the lenses. It's stuff like that. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, you're you, so another step, another barrier for entry. Like, that's what's the problem with VR. VR is, is never going to be for every... VR is always going to be expensive. The Apple headset is a very elegant device. It's $3,500. So, but what is, like... Like, I think, that, I think that that's the question, is, like, what is... What will a big VR year for VR? Because VR will still go on. There's still going to be VR games this year. There'll still be VR experiences. They'll still be making like VR hardware. Um, but what, what what will constitute a big year? Like I feel like to constitute a big year, there has to be something. There has to be like a must play experience that people are like, oh, we're, you're having to get this for this VR game. Or more closely, like is if if Nintendo somehow made like a you know the the replicated a Wii experience where everyone is talking about it and it's like selling off the it's it's like a stanley cup that they can't keep it on the 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 shelves and that everyone wants to talk about a big you know mainstream exciting vr experience and that will like that has to happen at some point that like our world vr baby that that must like just by the way that reality like the way that reality works is that like in 10 or 20 years there will be a like like we'll move to like more VR and almost everything on VR or like a state like a like next like you know an Xbox or a PlayStation that is just VR and that there will be experiences that you can only have on VR and then I think that will like trend towards that towards like like VR is is the normal, but that is like you know far away, and it's going to be like the technology is better. Um, they're going to get over some of the most annoying aspects of it, and that it'll probably be like, you know, like much more un like the 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 uh, it won't be as unwieldy. Like it, it'll just be like all right, let's keep it moving. Some insane thing. Um, you what said that, you um, and this is a hard one, I guess. Uh, Marvel Snap declines in popularity. Uh, I don't think that happened. Yes or no, I guess like. I mean, nothing usually is as big as it's out the gate, you know? Like, is Marvel Snap making as much money and having the numbers of whatever, like, the first couple months? Like, the answer... We don't, is, we don't know. ...is probably not, but is Marvel Snap declined in popularity to the point where, like, it's not a conversation? It's like, absolutely not. Actually, in fact... uh I th- it was on our list um, of surprises, right? Is that we? I, I think it won mine. If I'm correct, is that it won mine? That uh, my biggest surprise of the year is that we were still playing Marvel Snap and having a great time. Um, uh, so uh, it certainly hasn't. I don't think has declined in popularity in like a major way. It has a active community and it's still making money. And it's. Um, I feel like 
if you were playing Marvel Snap after in the beginning of the year, there's a pretty good chance they're playing it at the end of the year. Like if you, yeah. if you if you if you if you got through the first few months of Marvel Snap and you're ride or die, like you probably if you're playing in like January, February around like Zabu and like some of the worst balance times, like you know, if you can't love me at my Zabu, then you can't get me at my Annihilus. You can't have me at my Annihilus. Does that make sense? I feel it, it makes sense. I feel it. I'm spitting. I'm spitting. Except for come. Galloway. Galloway. Uh, but oh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I have a. I had a prediction. One of the years that something was going to happen that was going to. Uh, where is it? I sh- I'm sure it's here somewhere. Um, I, 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 on one of these. Uh, 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 game of the years or these predictions, I said that a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Galloway, uh, would would uh, would would quit uh, Snap due to. I, I guessed it was going to be due to a specific card. Um, That's not on this list. Yeah, you know, in twenty twenty two, I said this will be the best year in gaming for a while. So apparently, I have been saying that. Not me. Um, that is. Year of Extraction. Do you say? Oh, uh, my game of the year is a game I have not heard of yet, or Starfield. That's technically I was wrong. wrong. Yeah, that was big wrong. wrong. I had, I had literally played Baldur's Gate in early access, uh, so definitely wrong on that one. All right, um, I don't have a lot for this year. Uh, we and are... then I had finally the Year of Extraction, which I was wrong about. But we did get Lethal Company. Yes, uh, which is somewhat Extraction. Uh, but but we also had Bungie uh, cancel their uh, big extraction shooter game they were working on. Yeah, I don't have a lot of po- I don't have a lot of predictions for the next year, and that is largely in part due to uh, the firstly that we are um, in in the second month, and also because uh, I could not have predicted what has happened in the first month. So, uh, what's happened in the first month? That's got you Games so, have been crazy. so up. Crazy. I mean, let's get to that. Let's get to that. At, but, but we'll get to that after this. Um, I guess I'll start off. I I still think that that like we are moving towards the next Nintendo console, sort of being like a phone or some sort of mobile device. And uh, uh, I I think that there's so much cool value to that to that space. The idea of having like it, it would be bigger than a regular phone, but look fantastic and have Nintendo games on it and receive calls. And the idea of it would be that it would be replacing your phone and trying to get people into buying just Nintendo stuff, having Nintendo store. It is a big swing. Um, I think more likely we, we would get, uh, we, I feel like we're so over, we've been so overdue for a new Nintendo console. The switch has been showing its age like years ago, actually years ago. Hmm. Um, Okay. What else you got? Uh, VR will never give me, give work. Me all your, give me I, all your predictions. All right, so I'll do them all uh, fast. Uh, VR will never work. And in parentheses, it up. seems that we have a. Um, it seems that we have a shut the fuck up. In parentheses, I don't know how that could have gotten here because I didn't think I wrote that. But I already said what I said about that. Um, I think that that uh, I'm, I've been. I also make predictions that are hopeful a lot of times. Of like, I want a big mmo like oh this is like i've said that before like i want this to be the year of like vr to never work out i mean well i just don't think that it will i'm i'm not saying that it i'm not saying that it will uh, maybe i should i should definitely amend will never work this year because it won't work this year um that that the the year that the as i said before i think that the year for vr is 
down the line. And they're, they're, VR, I think, will be the dominant way to enjoy video games at some point, when you, cause especially when you look at all the, the movies that take place in the future that are accurate, um, that there will be some sort of like VR sexual room um, and that people will have. They will have like a shame room in their house that uh that like uh similar to what star trek has this right like a like a a a predictions room or something like a a like sort of like video game hologram room like like that will be like like there will be like movies and experiences in porn and video games on uh a very easy vr setup or something and that will be like when vr will be like oh you come over you got to play in my vr let uh you know let me wipe it off first though um uh, one one thing, but what I was saying was that I, re- I really want something hopeful, and um, I think that we're due for a mainstream kind of like Genshin-y kind of thing, and it would be hard. I, I think that for that to happen, there might be some sort of like major disaster, and that could be the 2024 election um, that causes some sort of problem that makes people like either stay indoors or have some like strange hopeful thing. Uh, on the side if they get involved in and that would be like uh, a mobile game in some cases uh, I think that there's a chance that Wuthering Waves it looks so incredible to me and it looks like it could be like the next huge mainstream mobile thing that like and and by huge my I'll, I'll clarify that my metric for that is that you would be going on YouTube and some of in your your regular favorite YouTubers or Twitch um uh, a variety streamers are checking out Wuthering Ways. I think that that is my my barometer for that. Is like, is it, it? It is a from a smaller game company, and that it's a mobile game, and that it'll have more mainstream appeal. You'll see, see like some of your favorite people playing this game, and that that it'll 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 be big on maybe Twitch or something. But I think, but what I put in in a in, after that, uh, I think that it's more likely that it's Zenless Zone Zero because that is a uh, MiHoYo game. Um, the end of the, the year is a nightmare. Uh, speaks for itself, and then it looks like you. Were, I don't know what uh, that means. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? Actually, you'll know. You'll know when it gets there. The end of the year will be a nightmare. You'll know. Okay. You'll know. Sure. We'll next year when we do predictions. Um, I, I'll have to write it in, but next year when we, hold on. You know what I'm referring. We'll know. You'll know. You'll know by next year what I'm referring to. I'm right. Mm. And then Papa Roach. Uh, I don't know why you wrote Papa at the end of this, but I'm going to amend Roach. You wrote Pa, and then I wrote Pa. Okay. So it looks like you had an incomplete thought, and I was filling it in. All right. Let's go through mine. I've got got some good ones. So we've got Last Epic blows everyone away on release, but doesn't keep momentum as PoE2 releases. And the reason why I think this might be the case is that it sure did take them a long time to get here. Yes. So I feel like I, I feel like this audience is constantly uh, searching for the next thing. Like with PoE, there's like constant league releases. And we know that Last Epic is going to have that. But it's just the case of like, have they set something up big enough to keep people engaged? I, when... think, they, I think it will be until... Path of Exile, but I think the problem with every game that's not Path of Exile 2 is that, just like you said, it's like, Last Epic has been something that they've been working for for a long time that is coming out that is like a standard good version of this, right? Like, it's there's nothing... 
It's in, good in every way. It's good I in mean, every way, but there's nothing. But it's in the middle. It's not like super duper complex. It's not the next step. It's, it's regular it, complex. It's not the next step. I think that Path of Exile 2 and everything that we've heard about that is that that is the next benchmark in in all uh, ARPGs. It is the... It, it, will... it is also, yeah, it, POE2 is like, it, it is unquantifiably innovative, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, like you don't have to look further than like we we we've kind of mentioned this before, but the the different ways that the classes play in Poe two is as big as like changing the way that the camera works or entirely how your like kits and stuff works, and that is like insane. I just feel like there is going to be, uh, I think that it's the Poe two is the ARPG I've been looking for forever in that uh, if if you end up just playing, you know, like one class of a, a season, that when the next season comes out, it'll be like, oh, you don't have to say anything else because I'm so excited. There's like 18 other classes that I was really excited about playing. And I don't know if that will be true about Last Epic. I think Last Epic, it'll be like easier to find like, oh, this is the class I want, have a good experience with it, and then like have like a minor update. I just feel like it's like, there are quite a few classes I want to check out in Last Epic, yeah. though. For like, yeah, it, for it, like, I, I guess it, it just—it feels like they've de- been developing, like a like if if it was like, you know, they're developing a the world's first hoverboard, and they've been working on it for so long, and it's and it's exciting or something. Or how about how about uh how about like the last couple of years they've been developing the best skateboard, and it's and and like skateboarders are excited for it. And I don't know why I'm talking about skateboarding, um, but it's everything that you wanted about skateboarding, which I assume is the wheels are so good and they're so smooth and it runs so good, which is, I know skateboarding, of course, I, I'm familiar with mm, it. Wheels so and good. Then meanwhile, meanwhile, as they've been spending the last couple of years developing the best skateboard of a, a, a known quantity, a good, the best version of a known quantity, uh, then in, the, in New Zealand, they have been inventing a hoverboard that is a real hoverboard, like a Back to the Future hoverboard, that flies. So, it, like, the, it, it's not the same level. It's, like, Last I'm, Epic I, is... I'm still going to play the shit out of Last Epic. Sure. Which, and, you know, which it's is out also in like, why... You know it's out in, like, a week, right? Yeah. It's and also it's, and why it's gonna, Diablo and they've been sucks. testing it on Steam Deck. I think the Diablo sucks, and you're proving it why, and that's because I bet with Last Epic you'll play it more consistently over... Uh, a, a longer amount of time, and then also pl- come well, back. It's on Steam Deck natively, of course. And then come back for um, uh, uh, seasons, whereas Diablo is devoid of that. All right, next we've got VR Rise Up for real this time. You know, I already talked about this, but we've got a lot of those PlayStation VR 2 games that were uh, showcased last year in November. They're coming out this year. The Resident Evil 4 VR. You have, um, for people who want to get really nauseous... You've got the Spider-Man 2 VR. Uh, I'm just always excited for this. One thing that I think is really fun in VR, personally, is uh, roguelites. And there have been a couple of good roguelite releases recently in VR. So I've been a little bit excited to check that out. And uh, yeah, I believe in VR. Uh, Not enough to get an Apple headset, because I'm not a fucking psychopath. You could also get an egg timer. That's cheaper. Um, oh, here's a good one. You're going to like this one. Uh, the best games of the year all release within the first quarter. Now, when did you write this? Uh, when did you write this prediction? Uh, 
15 minutes ago. Okay, well, incredible, incredible foresight, especially if we had released this maybe the 1st of January, because damn, it be, it be popping. It be popping mm-hmm. off. Give me the next one. I mean, this this one does. Do you believe speak, it? Do speak, you believe it? Do I believe it? I actually don't, because I feel like this year is going to be insane. There's so many things that I'm actually. What are already... the, What are the games that that you think are coming out later in the year that you're like super excited about? Because I mean, I mentioned a me, couple: Withering like... Waves and Zenless Zone Zero. I think that. Uh, what about for actual games? I think it's really hard to say uh, some of the times what the best games are because I don't necessarily know if a lot of them are. Uh, mainstream or like known quantities like i i think that there is a good chance that we get something with project l this year which which would be a, a possibility of being up there i think that the new game by the uh dead cells devs could very well like come at late like be like that is supposed to release this year and that looks that's probably like you know, on here. Like, I mean, it's very hard to say like the known, the super known quantities, I think. Cause I'm thinking like, you know, we've got, we've got last Epic coming out. We've got dragon's dogma too. Uh, if power world gets updates, I mean, I don't think power world is on point owing this year. Um, I also don't think power world is like a game of the year contender. Uh, but it is like a pretty strong showing for a game that's really in the year. Uh, Yakuza infinite wealth an obvious, and good choice for like a game of the year pick. Grand Blue Relink for sure. Grand Blue Relink, sure. Haven't played it, but I'd believe it if you were to tell me uh, that it's Tekken. Am I saying this right? Tekken, Tekken Eight. Eight. Is I that could a believe that's a game. That game. That's a game that people are seeming to like. I think. Let, it's let's, okay. You know, for fighting games though, it's got to have the sticking power for me. So I want to see where we're at in a few months. Oh, you know, uh, Tekken. Do you know the the number? I mean, Tekken does classically has. Uh, always had more at least stream uh, at least uh, uh steam players Tekken's got that international appeal you it, know yeah, Tekken, Tekken, Tekken is huge in europe pakistan um in a, in a way that like other games pakistan. aren't like you know you think of street fighter and it's like yeah street fighter is big in asia and in japan well Tekken is big it, well, literally america, everywhere. america Tekken's and big everywhere y- yes yeah like you a lot of times a- asia asian countries a lot of times have I guess this is fair anyway, because this is true. Because for for I guess for America, you'd say Mortal Kombat. I think is the one where like by the numbers, it's maybe one of the best selling of the fighting games. But it like falls off. The then you have like Street Fighter and Tekken that are popular here. But then when you look at like Asian countries, you usually have one that 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 classically does the best. Like Street Fighter is huge in Japan. Tekken is generally huge in Korea. Um, uh, I want to say like Strive and anime is also pretty huge in Japan, but then Tekken kind of does have the like you said worldwide appeal. Like there's no there is no country that doesn't play Tekken, and like I said, like it even is huge in countries that are not classically like so big into fighting games that you see them show up at tournaments like Pakistan. How about I, this? Uh, I don't know that you care for this announcement, but uh, Terraria two announcement. Uh, it's been a long time coming. They keep saying. Uh, this is our last Terraria update. I think I want to believe them. I would love to hear about another Terraria game. Terraria is still one of the most popular games on Steam ever. Uh, most sales. It would be so awesome to see another one of these. And finally, can you believe this one? Marvel Snap Expansion. You and know, by that, by that, I mean... Something more than just releasing a card a week. 
Yeah. Um, I think I would be really interested and in, and like maybe this this could be like an, an addendum on yours. Um, is that I would be interested to see them um, do like a season and get rid of cards. I wonder if they would ever do that. Um, no, like they, can't, they can't do that. Like they thin, can't like thin the pools or have they, they can't do it. It would be like a different mode or something like a cla- like there would be like classic the, the, and then like uh like a like a different seasonal one. It, where... it can't. It doesn't work for Marvel Snap. Why do you think that? Because of the collection. Because it's all about the collection. It's about the variants. It's about the splits. So I I think that if they do that, people will be up in arms about, you know, I've I've had this collection. I've worked on my Sarah for for so long. I have like the perfect Sarah split. And now you're telling me that Sarah isn't part of the main game anymore. You know, I mean that's why I'm saying like it would probably be like a different mode. But yeah. but it, it, this is like this is like a thing that card games often have to do um, because just as you're adding cards, like you, it starts to get hard to balance and then you also just kind of it can get like kind of messy um just with so many i don't know what the solution is but yeah i don't know um so excited about video games they are popping off it has never been a better time and i have never been more serious on that fact the games that i have to talk about i am gush gushing all right so so the people want to know the people want to know our opinion on pal world they gotta know let's do it they want to know they said they said those i did hear those wtdg boys how do people feel how do they feel j about me about this i heard some of our some of our classicest most biggest viewers big in the sense of their viewership and not their size although so, jay is 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 a, is a taller and stronger person so i do want to talk about pal world because I do want to talk about world. Uh, it has to be said right because you know people people are of varying opinions on this game but i think that the general consensus is one that i share which is pal world is a pretty good video game uh pal world in my opinion i think that they're doing a lot of things right uh you know what pal world is if you're listening to a video game podcast but if you haven't uh, Pal World is an indie game that uh, pretty much uses arc survival elements and ripped off Pokemon uh, in some pretty good ways in terms of the way that they're sort of marrying the gameplay elements of capturing monsters and building up a base. Because mm-hmm. as you capture monsters, the monsters have different abilities to help you around the base, like medicine crafting or kindling so they're they're cooking things for you they're uh helping you plant stuff they're helping you build stuff they're protecting your base um so it's exciting not to get a pal just because oh i want to see what they do and they're you know they're in a 3d space and you can ride them and you can manually cast their abilities which i feel like is a thing that people have wanted uh from a pokemon game for a while i didn't play arceus i don't know uh um, it's the not that play. it's not it's not yeah that. yeah so so i i feel like this is uh something that people wanted not specifically this but it's something similar to what people have been wanting for a long time which is pokemon but more right yeah I mean, like you said, uh, uh, there is some really great ideas just with the intermingling. I think that it's a little unfair to not say that uh, the, I, the I guess I, the idea and the execution alone. Like, I think that 
like, well, I guess I'll get into my whole opinion of it, and that is that, like, it's a pretty, like, you know, ugly-looking game, and that there's, I, ha- I have, like, a lot of criticism for it, but it just, even doing, like, like, the Pokemon thing and the survival thing and mashing it together as, like, messily as they did it, um, it, it's almost good enough, those two ideas. Like, I, I think that, especially the first day we were playing it, um, you were really impressed by some of the core conceits of the world. Uh, like, you have a furnace, and you need to find a fire pal to be able to heat up the furnace. I think that, like... Which I sure do like a lot better than go get coal and, and get enough coal to uh, to do it. Because I feel like a lot of survival games are constantly like, well, you got to do this, but then you need fuel for that. Yeah. And it's like all of this like back and forth that I feel like they simplify. I, I also think by, that it's, it's, yeah. But by just creating two systems, one of which is like, oh, the other part of the treadmill isn't like the fuel economy or the grinding economy. It's you go out and you discover new pals. Yeah. Which I think reduces the amount of monotony uh, that's common in this genre. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, Ark has dinosaurs, right? But I think that uh, in a lot of cases, this genre of, like, these survival games um, have, like, more boring worlds. And I don't know if, like, like, I know that Minecraft eventually does get to the point, especially nowadays, where there's some surprising things. I mean, like, the Nether World or whatever, or, like, uh, the Slender Man thing. But this is a really cool game because there's... There's something outside of just that that general bore conceit of like you got to chop down the trees to make the wood, and then you make the wood, and then you make the thing, and then now you're 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 moving on up in the world where now you're now you don't just got like iron, now you got steel or something like, and you keep like it's it's such a tried and true um, uh, thing to the point where like I was playing in shrouded, which I'm uh, which uh, we'll talk about that next, which we'll talk about that at some point. And you were like, oh, where, I was like, oh, where do I get resin? And you're like, oh, probably from trees. And yeah. like to the point where a lot of the elements of these games are so ubiquitous that someone who plays these games can just say like, like oh, where are you supposed to get that? You, you probably have to do this next. Just like the way you mentioned coal, where these games are like have become so by the numbers that like a lot of these things are ingrained in the game design and it's just cool to see this extra element this like uh uh that that it's cool to go um uh uh uh, explore the world because not only is it that like oh you found a new material to make something out of or like you you're getting to the next step in your base development but you found a new pal you found a new cool design or you needed something you needed a flying pal you needed a Electric yeah. pal to 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 make to to help you with a generator. You needed a fire pal to do a forge. That's those and, are, those and are some cool. of them and some of them are cool. Uh, but like you said, the game does have some design issues uh, that I think are really glaring, and I I feel like not enough people are talking about them. The one thing the one thing I will say that I'm like I want, I'm interested to hear your opinion on it is that Power World it, the reason why we're we're bringing it up first and why you know it, it seemed like it needed no introduction if I mean I, again like I'm surprised if someone is listening to this and hasn't heard of this um it, it is kind of weird to me how fervent the Power World fans are and how 
like against any criticism. I feel like they are, and it's like this. Ver- there's, I, I very weird. I, I, very I, weird. I know that I, I'm I'm getting this from the Reddit the, is the Reddit. delusional. The Reddit yeah, is they're, they're insanity. Insane. It is it is it was off the rails day one for me when I looked at it. Where it is like people equate to me equate Power World as like the second coming the thing that will prove all triple a developers wrong they're like people that they're like oh developers hate this game like nintendo hates this game because it's so brilliant and it's so good and it's doing what no one could ever done and it's like it's not it's really not it's it's so lazy it's so like 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 not good in a lot of cases it's so like it's a great idea it's a great idea with like awful execution in a lot of times i'm not gonna say that it's lazy but it definitely does seem uh like i don't not simple is almost the thing like it's weird because it is a game that is both in it it's innovative in the way that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is where if you have like this really like if you have really great peanut butter and you've got really great jelly, I, I don't know the exact what, what I'm can trying we, can to say. Can we make it a skateboard? Exactly, Dude, I, I, we're doing a lot of weird metaphors. Can you skate? Can be a skateboard metaphor? Can you do that? Can you tie it together? No, I can't do the a answer skateboard is no. Metaphor. no. But but the idea is like they it's it's a good idea with really simple ingredients. Sure. The, the ingredients no, I, I, aren't impressing okay. anybody or blowing anybody away. But but they're great ideas. Like yeah, okay. So it's like it, it it's like you, it's 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 similar to your experience. It's like there's there's someone out there that's a five star chef that is like I hate the fact that McDonald's sells more hamburgers than I do. Kind of like that. Of like the like it's like it's something. It is it's like uh it's comfort food almost where they took Pokemon, which everyone is comfortable with. They took this like open world survival element. It's a lot of like core genres in this shooting is there. There's so many core genres that people are comfortable with. Like, you know, like third person shooting survival elements, Pokemon open world, like this, there's base building. There's so much there that anyone can get on board with. And then when you look at each individual element of it, it's like, it's really not that good. Like, when you look at the individual elements of it. I think it's just like, it's so weird to see the fan response to it that it's like untouchable and that it's uncriticizable and that like the, it's shaking it up. It's, it is scaring people. It's almost, it's like someone eating, uh, you know, a McDonald's burger and being like, the five star chefs are afraid of this. It's giving people what they want. And it's like, well, no, really, it, it is kind of trashy and bad, but like, but like, yeah, you know, I mean, like at the core of it, yeah, like absolutely, it's it's really got some crazy ideas, like it, they, they mix together and have done so and, ex- and executed on in like a serviceable way. And, and that is and maybe enough. That, that, that for early access for where this game is at, that's good enough. I mean, what remains to be seen is can they can they take this idea and and see it through in, in a way that that's meaningful right like like they've got the idea but there's still a lot they need to do they need to fill out the world they need to change the way that the armor and character models look so that uh it doesn't look like you're playing like I, a I really want to like touch on that cuz I think that to me is one of the most wild things is is the game is one of the hardest things for me to look at because it has it somehow has like absolutely no style. It 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 is 
seemingly all like maybe unreal assets. It is on un- Unreal, and the people who made the game like don't have a ton of video game development experience. And this has been like talked. This has been in um, a lot of interviews. Is that like a lot of them are a lot of the de- the, the people who did develop this game. Uh, were, like, starting out developing, like, you know, Googling stuff in the beginning of the creation of this game. Yeah, the person who uh, did all the coding for the guns and equipment was a cashier. Yeah. uh, With no development knowledge and is just, like, a gun enthusiast. Yeah, and it's sort of weird to me because, like, the 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 shooting feels okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, all of of it's fine. Like, it's, 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 the, the weird thing to me is that there's this like Reddit kind of the end and the, the discourse around the game is like, whoa, that's so impressive. This person is so is, is, is they're, they're so, you know, like they're, 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 they're dangerous to, to the triple a landscape because this cashier can just do it, can just make a game. It's like this motherfucker just got like unreal assets. Like, they, like I, I, I don't know much about game design, but if I started out and like also decided not to have any visual style at all and wasn't going to like change the way, that like unreal assets looked and i just took like unreal assets and then used like unreal mechanics to make a shooting game that like it would probably play good it would probably play okay would it have like style absolutely not and that's like the big problem here is that like the 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 guns and the world and the armor has like one style the characters the, the the main the characters you play as have this like Pokemon initial 3D era um, cartoon style, and then you have, like, the pals themselves that have, like, a different style of, like, Pokemon, but, like, none of it matches together. Like, it's really shocking to me. Uh, I mean, like, I guess it's just, like, an early access thing that, like, we we talked about, like, how the armor or the guns... The guns are just, like... It's, like, a straight-up, like, AK or something. Like, it's, like... And there's, like, an M4A4 in the game, and it's, like, why in a world where... Where you're, you're like some of the main conceit is that you're, it's like what if Pokemon was real? Like you know the answer is we'd be doing a lot of things like exploiting them or eating them. Um, like why is there not like armor? Like here's one of the most basic ideas is like the armor should be made out of the skin and parts of other of these pals, right? Like but the, instead it like has nothing to do with it because it's all like kind of base unreal assets and stuff. So it's like it's very lazy in that sense of that it's just like, well, like you guys did you not think of that? Yeah, or but now they're did you not fucking have the time? Flu- now they're flush with cash. So now it's like all right, so now you're at a state where you have this great idea and you have funding like has never been seen before for a studio of this size. So now show us what you've got, you know? Sure. I mean, like, like the, the next attempt at it could be a lot better. I think there, then there's the other conversation, which is like, I, I don't know if this will ever happen because I think Nintendo said straight up they don't want to sue them. And then there was a lot of conversation about whether or not it was like AI generated. And that's a very tricky situation because there's, I don't know if there's going to be any way to like necessarily prove with that without a doubt or something i i will say that like if it's not ai generated if the if the pals aren't like ai generated um then they're lazily copied because there is so many core elements to them that are insane when you look at it next to pokemon like what i really mean is like there's like you, you i i i really should get the name of it but it's like the the there's like a glamoth or something uh galarian meowth 
uh, that has like this exact like Cheshire smile and then these eyes. And then there's a pal that has the same like eyes and smile. Like you'll notice that a lot with the pals is that like there's like two or three of the same element of one Pokemon going on where it's just like yeah, they're very it's kind of wild that it's like. You know, if this wasn't AI, then, like, this is people, insane. This yeah, is like, but people also have no idea what AI is currently capable of. And I think that the discourse around it is dangerous, right? Because if, if we're to the point where we think that, like, lazy copies and things that people don't like are just going to be called AI, then it becomes problematic when things actually are AI and you know we're not splitting splitting the conversation there. I think. I mean, I, I guess so. It's just like with, whether or not like if, if I had to like take a total guess looking at this, it's as if like an AI created them and then someone else cleaned them up, and like it, which is another funny thing because like the people like the the again to like take it back to this like fervent community, this loud outspoken community is like there was an interview that said. Uh, that they were like, well, we, we, we looked at a lot of different designs and we weren't really happy with them. And then finally we found this one girl who was able to just like start spitting out designs nonstop. And, and they were like, we're shocked at the rate that she was able to come up with these cool, unique designs. And for me, that all that says is like, especially for a company that has for a long time prior to Pal World talked about how much they love AI and how that's the future of like video games and, and creation uh, of like of, of, of video yeah, games and, and, or, or media. Is, is, is like it just makes me think that like there was this girl who ran these Pokemon through an AI blender and then cleaned them up and that's how she was doing it because they, because like otherwise it seems like insane how some of these designs came out and I've, I've heard some of that discourse but attributing like cleaning up AI isn't necessarily easier than just like looking at models and copying them like the like that brushing up and cleaning up isn't necessarily faster than just being like, here's a here's a thing that looks like this other thing, you know? Because it's not like I, I don't know too much about generative AI and meshes, or or even what that looks like, or what like the input of like, you know, just be like produce a mesh that has this and this, or if a mesh generator would even have a model for Pokemon, which would mean that you know this person would also have had to feed the mesh in as a prompt and been like, use this mesh and use the the Cheshire Cat or something and then cleaned from there. But it doesn't sound as simple as, like, just, you know... I, 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 I just understand why the, like... Because people are actually getting... It's weird because we're getting good at looking at AI um, and we're getting good at looking at, like, how AI looks at things and how AI steals design elements. And that's why I think that there's, like, a not certainly not provable um but just like you look at it and you're like yeah i could see how like ai would create some of these designs by taking like ripping off two or three elements and kind of mashing them together into one design and then someone would have to like come in and like clean up the fingers or something and make sure that it doesn't look obviously ai just like sure i mean the i, I would almost say that it'd be easier to do it because the, the like you used to have this thing where you could put in uh, like make randomized Pokemon sprites. So like, there's been elements of like that for a long time, where you could just take you know ele Pokemon elements and mash them. Uh, do like, how did they do it? I mean, I don't know if we'll ever know, because I, at this point, it's well, certainly that is extremely like simple and stupid. And that is like a 2D sprite that's like at most like how many pixels even are those? Right, those are like 300 pixels, which is a lot different from like 
generating a mesh. I don't know. I mean, you don't have, you don't even have to generate a mesh because it could just look at like the three D rendering, like two D renderings of Pokemon. Just say like you know, make me a Pokemon like AI, make me a Pokemon that looks like this and has some of these elements, and then it's just gonna like look through the internet and steal some of the elements that it likes or whatever, and then make something like I, I'm not saying that the, I'm also not saying that they had to because because one part of this discourse was that they straight up stole the the actual like you said the mesh or like the like the 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 literal like wiring of the of the polygonal pokemon forms from uh the 3d pokemon games or like from the, like the the uh 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 handheld pokemon games and i don't even think you need to say that like sure they could have created all the wiring from the ground up like that's that's fine i just think that, that like the design wise they could have just decided to like run designs or yeah, just be well, like Yo, design wise none of this is like i i have a hard time believing that some girl who's really enthusiastic about pokemon couldn't come up with 111 creatures that look like this also I, like, again, like, it, I don't. I don't think that's so impossible. Uh, it, of it, being like, it, oh, you know what this game needs? A Firefox. I bet I can make one of those, and I wouldn't be surprised if they could. Yeah, I mean, it's that that argument to me lives and dies when I see some of the Pokemon, and you're like, oh, the eyes look the same, and the mouth also looks the same, and like this other element is exactly the same as a Pokemon. So it's not even like. It's not even like she just had the idea for, like, a fox that has fire and is similar to, like, a Vulpix or something. But it's, like, down to designs where where it's unbelievable. that, that it, it, it truly is unbelievable that it wasn't either lazily pasted or, AI, like, lazily copied or AI. Because you see, like, two or three elements that are specifically... Because, like, where the, it's specifically weird is when you look at eyes and mouth. Because if you, because like the Pokemon have all these different types of eyes. So if you see something that's like, oh, it's the exact eyes, the exact eyes when Pokemon have, don't have like a reigning eye style and the exact mouth, it's, it, it is to me alarming. It is really weird. weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot like of the, it looks like she, Neopets too. She did not I mean, like. A lot of the facial features are also Neopets and, you know, we're not discussing how derivative some Pokemon designs are from Neopets either. That that also had a lot of these ideas and 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 also same mouth features, same eye features before Pokemon uh, made them in later generations. I like to see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll do a we'll do do a Neopets Pokemon debunking Hell podcast yeah. next time. I, uh, I think for me, one of the big things, and like I, this is like a survival thing. It's like I fell off when I realized that like uh, when you go away and you come back, like the. We, we were doing like a, a, a server for, for us and uh, going away for a couple days for work and then coming back and it being like, well, this isn't mine anymore, you know? It's like I feel behind and anything that I had that like felt like it was my, you know, like uh, a base that I'm working on and growing up is like, well, now I'm like four days behind. People are on like a whole different level of this like base building and have like changed so much that it's like hey, it's not mine anymore so like i that almost made me yeah. realize that like i like yeah a lot i kind of got to that point too where like we had some friends like john who was playing non-stop so at some point i fell off for a little while and they kept going yeah and i was like yeah I'm, i don't really feel like doing the catch-up here so i i've put pal world down uh until um probably until 1.0 you know I feel like that that would probably be the time to revisit it. I would be really um, interested to see like how it's doing by the end of the year. If it's just like a flash in the pan kind of thing of like 
everyone they made heard, their money right they made the money i'm not saying whether or not they they, yeah. they made the money the money is gone like the bag is there um i'm not saying that i'm just saying like will it still have now we see how much they love video games fervor or whatever you what? know now we see how much they love video games because now they have the money and, and the, they yeah. could really flesh this out so let's see what they got uh, that's exciting like that has to be such an incredibly exciting position to be in uh so but i mean they probably don't appreciate the death threats tell me a little bit about the other survival game that you're playing off the back of pal world do i really want, uh, which I, I is enshrouded like there's so many so i i actually was not gonna say a lot about enshrouded i i enshrouded is a, a good I mean, you played quite a bit right not a ton actually i think i think there, there's definitely let's see um four hours okay uh, it it is like it was my move from Power World to Enshrouded because I wanted this experience, this base building, but mine. Um, and there is a lot of promise to Enshrouded. I I, I see that um, uh, uh, like a good future for that. I'm looking at the uh, Steam store page. It is very positive with twenty eight thousand, which is really good for a, a early access game. Uh, twenty eight thousand very positive um reviews i mean um, hey power world has uh 208 positive yeah i mean so. it it's also should be said that this came out like shortly after like in the shadow of power world which like doesn't help it either like a couple uh, days after yeah it's a it's a voxel based uh uh survival game a lot of the core elements that you'll know um i do think it's that it's pretty valheim right it is I, I guess so i don't have like a huge uh um uh, metric for that uh it is it's got some cool stuff from the way that like the actual individual uh uh things work it, it's a it's a very good playing game i i think that people would like i guess the laziest thing to do is say it's like salty the way that the the, the movement feels weighty and the combat feels impactful and weighty and that like the fighting of individual things can feel like pretty intense and that you have like blocking, dodging, rolling, uh, uh, shield, uh, like a beat, like holding your shield up and all that, like does feel really good. And there's, um, it's not just straight up, uh, um, survival. I think people will also like the fact that there's like dungeons and a lot of like actual curated content to do. Um, and, it, it also has, like, a good look, and it's voxel-based as well. So I think all that kind of stuff is exciting of, like, uh, uh, be, like being able to mine your way through a mountain um, and come up, like, do be able to approach things in surprising ways of this, like, sort of uh, this Dark Souls-y combat, but you're able to dig your way under an enemy base and pop up in the middle of it. You know, like, that's something kind of cool. Um, like Root, like when you play the moles in Root. Like when you play the moles in Root. Uh, but, oh, yeah. I, but I didn't want to talk a ton about it. It is early access. So what do you want to talk a ton about? But don't talk a ton about too much. Are because, we able uh, to, let, yeah. let, me, Are, let me do a little bit of a smooth transition. Yeah, smooth transition because, away. Because I'm going to talk a little bit about my time in Sandrock. Oh, which really? I don't actually okay. think I've had a lot of time to discuss. But I have had a lot of time to play. Because I've got myself 24 hours of my time at Sandrock, and I don't think I've actually said a lot about this game, but I think that this game is actually incredible. So let me talk a little bit about it. So my time at Sandrock is a cozy game, uh, most similar to games like Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, where 
very low pressure, but it does have like a light time element to it where like you have day night cycles and you have like energy that you want to spend throughout the day doing different activities. Uh, but I love, I, th I think I've talked a little bit about the world and I think I've talked a little bit about why I like the world as much as I do. Uh, but for those who didn't tune in or if I had these conversations in my head, uh, my time at Sandrock is the sequel uh, to my time at Portia. It takes place in the same world, uh, but it's got kind of this uh, different vibe to it because it is sort of this post, not necessarily post-apocalyptic, but very like post-war game where you are uh, in this desert town uh, where water is scarce and you are trying to build up and revitalize this town uh, with the limitations of it being in the desert. So access to uh, wood and access to water are sparse where there is like a like a civil corpse uh, that will call you out if you start like chopping down trees. Um, but essentially you are not like a farm in a lot of these games you're like a farmer or something. In this game, I like you're a builder. So the idea is that you're kind of like scrapping things together. You're you're going through dungeons and getting like blueprints. You're buying blueprints. Uh, the town is requesting that you build things, uh, which I think is really cool. Where it's like, oh, our our bridge is destroyed. So uh, your job is going to be to build this bridge. So then you're spending time like mining resources and talking to people in the town to get different like blueprints to fix this bridge. And then once you've done that, you're opening up new areas of a very massive map where, okay, now you have access to this bridge, you're crossing it, and now you have uh, these other enemies to fight that are going to drop materials that you need for crafting and cooking. So it, it just has like this very like, gr it has like a very good grind to it and it also has a very good um, gameplay loop of it of like, you're going out in the morning, you're like talking to people, you're like building up your relationships. Uh, there's like a ton of characters. There, there has to be like 40 characters, 20 of which are romanceable uh, with different perks uh, for every relationship level that you get to with people. So think about like the Persona 5 system of like, as you befriend people, they're, they're unlocking access to these different perks. Um, but dial it up to like a pretty high number. Have you said like, what you're playing this on yet? Uh, I'm playing it on Steam, uh, and it is also playable on the deck. So either of those are fine. I, I think it's it lists itself as playable on the deck. Uh, I haven't had any problem with it. The um, the the playable sign is because entering some text requires manually invoking the on-screen keyboard. Uh, so that's specifically during character creation and at the start of the game where you have to like type in your name and you have to name the your your building uh but after that you're not inputting text so you don't really have to worry about that too much um so yeah it works on the deck but i i think that it's a great cozy game uh this is also one that i i recommended to someone recently and they picked up and started playing and love it my my one knock against this game is that like it, it kind of, I, I don't necessarily love all of the aesthetics in the game where like the characters to me specifically, like I, I like the world. I like the monster design and all of that. I like the way that they, the buildings look. I like the way the furniture looks, but specifically the characters. And it's something about their eyes and noses 
that look a little like mobile gamey to me. Yeah, like, it, does, can, it doesn't look that good. Every time I've looked at it, I've been a little um, turned off by it. like, and it's 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 also like hard to put my finger on it because like, I think a lot of the core of it is like I I should like it, but it's like that it's something about it isn't mixing well or like doesn't have a style. It almost reminds me of like Arceus, Pokemon Arceus, where where like. It, it like lacks a certain style or like a color like like it almost wants to be like cell shaded or something like have something more vibrant um going on with it yeah that i sense? think that that Am would I go i think that that would go a long way but i also think that that's maybe the only knock i have against it um the combat is pretty simple i think that that's fine for this kind of game the story is very long and it also provides you with, like, a couple of choices, which I think is interesting, of, like, do you side with, like, the town and the civil corps or the church and the religion and the way that they want to run things? The town. Or do you side with, like, the outlaws? The outlaws. Do you side with, like, the bad boys, the bandits? The bad boys. What does that look like? Yeah. So I think that for people who dig this style of game, this is a great one of them. This is maybe one of the better ones of these that I've played. It is just for me aesthetically... I don't vibe with it, but everything else is kind of good enough to where, like, I'm still getting down with it. This is, like, my current audiobook game until uh, until last Epic comes out. This is what I play when I'm listening to an audiobook. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I feel like there's other fantastic games to be playing. Um, I, I don't know if I should, like, like, like there's, there's, of course, tech, and I don't know if that needs... That, that needs its time. I guess I'll I'll go to a there's game. Undernight. There's yeah. uh, there's Undernight. Oh my god, it's insane. It's insane. We'll get to those. Um, we'll get to those. Uh, I want to talk about one that I've been like really loving, and I mentioned it on the 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 game of the year in the roguelike section, and it's Mortal Sin. This is a game that actually does have a wild ass visual design, and that is one of the most striking things about it. I've played around twenty hours of it. It's it's a roguelike, and what makes it so immediately Didn't we talk about this i thought we talked about this last we, week we talked about this for like a second and then we you said like uh you know that you had played it but then you said that there wasn't enough time um that, that you immediately like uh uh returned it and then i, I played said, it on the earth when it first first came out yeah and then i said i want to talk about it and give it real time um, give it your on real podcast. time so here's the real time mortelson is so shockingly good and it's it's got overwhelmingly positive. Is, but is this an audiobook game? This, you kind of got to be dialed into this. I, this is not chill. This is not chill at all. Mortal Sin is a, a first-person like dungeon-crawling melee roguelike. There's nothing I think that I've ever played that is like it or looks like it. It is so striking off the bat I, it like just check take a look at this this game um you can even change the colors of it but it kind of looks like a negative of a photo where it is like very dark with high contrast like really almost like eye hurting colors for the from the enemies and the uh like you're you're going into dungeons and the traps and enemies are like highlighted in this incredible like striking uh, uh, eye burning colors. It is so. It is so like ridiculous. It's got such an insane art style, which is something that really like immediately drew me to it. And one thing I was, I was I, when I was looking at uh, reviews for it uh, on Steam and what people are saying about it, uh, a lot of people are like, 
you know, this is unbelievable. This is like the best uh, melee combat I've ever played. And I've always looked for a game that was like first person melee that actually did it right. And I think this is like they're doing it the best, but it takes a long time to get in there. And I would agree because the first like hour or so, I never like saying this or hearing this, but it definitely doesn't feel, you know, initially great off the bat. And it feels like it's kind of like it can't have depth because you're it's like how could it have depth you're kind of just like mashing but once you start learning the combos i mean one of the core conceits of the gameplay is that everything cancels into a different yeah. thing and, um, and i need to ask you about the most important thing is how are the runs different talk to me a little bit about what, what is are, the gear i can be expecting to pick up through the runs uh what's me what's given me the the i gotta play this again yeah um it I think one of the, and, and like, this is kind of surprising for me because I, I don't usually answer roguelikes this way. And that is like just trying to get through it and learning how to play it because there's different combos with all the weapons. There's like 20 or plus classes. So there's tons of actually unlockable stuff. Not a lot. It It is more true to rogue elements than a lot of other uh, roguelike games. It's like more of a... It's 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 more of a roguelike than a roguelite, where you you kind of like you pick a you your account progression is unlocking like certain small uh, quality of life things and m mainly unlocking new classes. But a lot of the stuff that you're that you're getting is knowledge and like being better at the game. Um, learning the weapon combos, which is like a big part of the game, and learning uh, like when to take risks in the game, when to not take risks, um, uh, learning about how classes function and everything. Like those are kind of what you're getting in a lot of cases, um, more so than just like you're unlocking it and the game is getting easier because it's actually not. The game is not really getting easier. It's very very hard. Uh, I've played this game for 20 hours and I have not finished it. Um, there's some people who've said that they've finished it before that. Uh, I feel like it's very hard. It's especially hard because by the time that you're getting later in the game, like anything can minorly go wrong and your run can just be done because you get hit by a trap or something. Uh, it, it is very, it gets like very pulse pounding by the end of the game when, when you're like 30 minutes into a run and you're just like, I, I don't want anything to go wrong. And just like some minor thing goes wrong and that's it. And it, but it, it's been a Does game that aggravate you? It, it kind of does, but it's like it keeps more than a lot of other things. And one of the reasons why I'm bringing it up so early is that more than a lot of other things, there's something about this game that like I just can't get it off my mind. Like the style of it, the way that it feels, um, the actual like ways that the runs feel, and the things you can unlock um, run to run, and the kind of synergy you can you can have, the weapons you can get, um, the the ways that the classes are like seemingly so similar but play so differently and that as you're understanding the game it just there's so much give, more give me, to give me an example of uh some classes that play differently from one another one of the i mean one of the big ones is monk um you you don't even get really weapons you're all hand to hand um and one of the craziest core elements to monk is it has a shoryuken um it's it's so dangerous because it lacks like defensive tools but it has a literal uh invincible reversal um, so kind of the way it works and like one of the, 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 the actual core of this game feels so good because the hits are so chunky. I, there's nothing that kind of like plays almost as arcadey as this. 
like I said, every uh, attack cancels into another attack. And if you watch gameplay of it, it it's like you're, you, you, you have kicks, you have a main attack, you have a bash, which is like a movement option, and your character's class ability... And classes also have unique weapons that they can find on a run that kind of, like, swing and function differently. But all of the things, the ways that, like, the combos work will make the weapons swing differently, the attacks look differently, and function in different ways. Uh, for a monk, you have to learn, like, the monk has... The, the way their kick functions differently, where it is a large whirlwind kick that also, like, moves them forward, and it's extremely good. But like I said, that their they, their ability is a Shoryuken, an invincible reversal that, uh, it's called a dragon punch, and it, uh, it, it does, like, an invincible reversal, you're invincible while you're doing it, and if you do it in certain combos that are kind of, like, more tough to pull off, it'll do, like, a big AoE. That's, like, something, they, like, the ways that the classes can feel so different, like, there's, uh, one of my favorites is a vampire that, uh, it, normally you have a health potion and a wizard oil potion. Um, as enemies are hitting you, they're degrading your armor, which is a huge part of this game. Um, is it like if you even if the run is going pretty well, if you get lazy for a second, and you get hit. They can like, uh, the, especially some of the late game enemies can just like knock out some of your armor, and without defense, you're just getting one shot. So you really need to like keep an eye on. Uh, 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 blocking and parrying the enemies, but making sure that your armor is not being degraded. And uh, 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 vampires don't even have a healing potion. Uh, to go back to the thing I said before, they lack healing, but they all but they heal up by hurting. Uh, so like every class definitely has some cool, core. Cool. There's a there's a, there's like a guts berserk character where uh, it has almost no health and gets one shot, but start but all of its weapons are these extremely long range melee. Uh, weapons that are like reference to the berserks, uh, to to uh, Guts's um, manslayer. Yeah. What's in it? Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer. Um, so like, there's there's it. so much love. This is a game done by one single developer, Nikola Todorovic, and um, it it came out March fifteenth, twenty twenty three. And I just cannot stop playing it. It's really just like this roguelike that I love to play on the side. It has extremely. You playing this vision. on the deck or just? On I, your, I am playing uh... it on the deck, and and it, it it plays phenomenally on the deck actually. And it just it it, it is it's a it really is a game. I where... feel like this would be a game that would look great on an OLED. Yeah, it's like it's hard to say. It's almost like th there's certainly an element to it that is like inexplicable. That like you'd have to watch video of it to be like when you're dialed in and you are playing this game and you're like five minutes into a run it is it is like immersing you also the way that you're like single your your first person dungeon crawling and you're going around these like this like black in white like stark dungeon with these like red highlighted traps everywhere and monsters coming out and anything can end your run in a second but like hoping that something propels you to the next level that you're like surviving and killing things quickly enough it, it, is, it is there's not there's really nothing like it i feel and i think that that's what makes it so good is like there's a lot of other roguelikes that are doing things similar to each other i was playing oblivion over uh drive and it's like a 2D uh, roguelike that is like clearly inspired by Dead Cells, and I think a lot of other games you could just say like, "Oh, here's the inspiration," and it's trying to do that thing like that. But to have a straight up like roguelike that is uh, a first-person melee game that is doing what this game is doing, and it's striking art style, the way that it works, the way that it plays. Like once you you put an hour or two in, you start doing what this game has to offer. There's nothing like it, and it's really weird. It's really like mesmerizing. It's 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 a uh, it almost gets to be like a 
uh, playing a rhythm game or something where you're like tune out the outside world and you are so dialed into this insane violent gory game you're like I, I haven't even talked about some of the other things but i don't want to talk too much about it is that like you're dismembering enemies and that's a huge part of the game is like if you can stab an enemy's hand uh you can knock off their hand and they won't be able to do attacks with that hand so like bosses a big part will be like maybe trying to like lock lop off their legs so that they they have to crawl around um, and, or like if you know that they do a certain attack with their hand, a, a magic enemy is able to throw a uh, fireball from its hand. If you can cut off its hands, then you can have an easier time like fighting it. And like these are things that like it's just bizarre. It's just like it's so unique. It's so cool. Uh, I would really recommend checking this game out and just looking the way that it plays because it's still getting updates and still getting huge updates. And it's one developer and they are killing it. And that is Mortal Sin. And it, it just looks and plays so well. No, it's, it's like on... they just added 60 new levels. I yeah, there, there's these secret... There, there's tons of, like, little weird things, but there's these secret portal rooms that you can go into that um, are either immediately going to, like... End, they're, they're very dangerous. They could just end your run right there. Um, but some of them are, like... There's so many of them because they just added 60, so there's got to be, like, over 100 of them. And they're almost like getting, like, a treasure goblin or something where you find this portal. It's very, very rare to find it. Um, you might see, like, one or two per run, especially if they start going later in, um, or have, like, a room that's full of them. And you'll just go to, like, a weird alternate realm that might have alternate gameplay mechanics and has, like, a huge reward but could just end your run right there. Like, it'll usually, it could be something that's, like, super dangerous, and some of them are just, like, just you walk in and it's just a room full of treasure chests and it's just like oh my god your run is going to explode right now like you're gonna you're gonna play so well um but i but that is a lot of mortal sin mortal sin is fantastic and the one developer uh nicholas todorovic i guess is i'm probably you're saying a fan. Wrong, is doing phenomenal i cannot put this i haven't been able to put this game down i always put a little bit of time into it and i'm i'm loving it uh that's great to hear tell me about another game Speaking of, uh, let me give you a bite-sized one, which is uh, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince. Okay. So if you played Pal World and you said, you know, I want more creatures. I want more. I want something that is give more creature-specific. Give me a metal slime. I want some, yeah, a metal slime. I want something on my Switch, which, I mean, you know, we've got the Steam Deck, but for what it's worth, that Switch, that thing is super lightweight, easy to carry around. Uh, so Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince, if you're looking for a creature catcher, if you say, oh, they don't make good ones of these. I'm so excited for Power World. I'm here to tell you that there's uh, other creature catching games that are worth your time. You got this game, which has thousand, over a thousand monsters ready and raring to go. It's, it's exactly what you expect from a Dragon Quest game. You're just going through catching monsters, breeding monsters, uh, moving attributes between monsters and uh, this is a game where breeding is absolutely essential and core to the experience uh, monsters don't have genders which is nice you just combine any two of them together through the fusion system uh, and and the thing that I that I really like about this is the way that every monster has multiple uh, passives but also has active skill trees to them. Uh, and they carry between the monsters as you fuse them. And if you fuse two skill trees together uh, that are maxed out, you might get a new one. 
So if you put together like a wind skill tree that you've maxed out on one monster along with a fire skill tree on another monster, uh, you can fuse them together and then get a new tree called something like Blazing Winds. Blazing. That'll have access to uh, that is bullshit you know, blazing. stronger versions of these moves that are combined together that might have like some combination of Aaron Wynn, which is great because the monsters can only have a set number of skill trees at once. Uh, so when you get these like combo trees you're and you're able to consolidate them, uh, it just increases you know, the, the uh, ceiling to what they can provide. So if you're really, like, into min-maxing, uh, and you're just, like, looking, or just looking for a game to, like, chew on while you listen to podcasts or audiobook, I recommend uh, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince. Nintendo Switch exclusive for now, but uh, one of the things that we saw with a, with a, a couple of these games, including, like... Uh, Dragon Quest Builders is they came out and they were Switch exclusive and then they eventually made their way to Steam. So if this ends up on Steam, uh, I recommend it even more. Um, should I talk about another very great podcast game um, and one that I'm loving and it and, and it is hard to be like, oh, I'm loving Mortal Sin and I'm loving this game and I'm loving this game. But like, that's just the current. That's what 2024 has been so that's far. That's the climate for is you. Grand you Blue got? Fantasy Relink. You know, I was looking at this, but I, I, just, I couldn't fit it. I would love for for you to ask me questions because I think this is a really hard game, maybe to understand what it is on the outside. Am I wrong, or do you understand what this is? I think I understand what this is. Okay, um, which is like it, it seems like it's a game that kind of has two things going on, which is and and you know it, it might be better if you talk about it since you know. But on the outside looking in, it seems like it's sort of like this mission-based game where you're choosing different characters to go into your party, one of which you're playing, three of which are just hanging out with you. Am I right so far? Yes. Okay. And the missions are like, you know, you got to go in and do like regular like JRPG stuff, but with action combat. Um, and, and it seems like it's this mission-based game uh, that also has a co-op element. Uh, and the co-op element includes sort of like these monster hunts, right? Which are more like a monster hunter game. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's a, that's pretty much exactly right. Um, I, I think that this is like a weird game that's like kind of mashing up two different, a, a couple different elements. But it is a, it is in the Grand Blue universe, and we've talked before most commonly about Grand Blue versus Rising, uh, the fighting game. I love that game. Um, and it's uh, it, this is like uh, what damn, what is the the name um because like, they do Psy games yeah Psy games who does uh grand blue uh developed and published this game and it's crazy because a lot of the uh attacks are straight out of the fighting game because uh, i know that the fighting game like had to probably it must have created a ton of attacks uh and a ton of personality for the characters that wasn't there in the original uh chibi looking gotcha um but this is a kind of interesting uh uh game it is a i guess what you said where it, there is a straight up jrpg story um it, that is that is very good it's very good in the way that uh it is fun to watch like a shonen anime um uh and i would also say that that it's so well produced um the 
it, it is so enjoyable for every moment of it. It's kind of like the 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 single player story of it. I think that there might be more. It might go into another single player story part a little bit later. But now I'm in a more monster honey honey part. But for the first like fifteen or twenty hours, uh, you are playing like a JRPG style story where you are going and like traversing these lands and getting in fights with like monsters and then finally maybe fighting a boss or something and then watching some cutscenes. But what what really is impressive about the actual story elements of it is that it's like it's as if like someone with horrible ADHD wrote this game because or, or like or, like designed these fights because none of the fights are like in a regular JRPG where they're kind of just like you're walking around, you're fighting wolves, then you fight like a bigger wolf, but the wolf is like uh, an ice wolf, and if you do fire things, then you'll beat the ice wolf, ice wolf faster. There's tons of like um, uh, uh, things going on. Usually in the in the single player levels, there'll be like wild things going on, like huge vistas. Like there's tons of enemies attacking you. An airship pulls up on the side. Uh, different mechanics for every level. Something wild is going on. You're you're on your airship and you're boarding an enemy airship that's boarding you, and you're attacking things and blowing up their engines. So like every everything like has this very exciting um, uh, wild thing where there's so many like elements or moving parts to the the environment design so th so the the single player game portion of it that is like i said around 15 uh 10 to 15 maybe hours of that uh i think is is very good for what's there it's not like incredibly well written it's like a very like ridiculous shonen story of like uh this this like almost one piece uh, pirate guy who is so nice and everyone loves him and then everyone kind of falls in love with him and wants to join his his pirate his pirate group um uh and uh then you get into monster hunter uh which is yeah. like you said like you are in a hub world you are picking up a specific mission um between like defending an area fighting hordes or straight up monsters big bosses and you can go into it with either a party of your own, the, of, of characters that you've outquipped and uh, uh, gotten their weapons and their passives and everything, or uh, a, a group of three strangers online or friends, cool. similar to Monster so, Hunter. So, so I have a couple of questions to ask you about this game. Yeah. Um, the first question I have is, are the characters in this game... Uh, as complex as a monster hunter weapon that is like a really i i guess i would say i would say that there's like maybe more of them but maybe no i i'm i'm i guess i would it depends because i think that especially with modern with them from what i know from more recent modern uh monster hunters there's a ton of different uh combos and the way things work like the it's it's a little bit more actiony than monster hunter and i think the the like where does it do better or worse than monster hunter like it, it's some people might appreciate the fact that it is in this cool grand blue world and that it's kind of like you are going in it is like a hero monster hunter in monster hunter you have a character that is like a generalized you know unnamed kind of monster hunter and um you're going in with a weapon that has a, a crazy amount of depth right like a crazy amount of depth and I think in this one, it's kind of cool that you are, that it's a little bit less deep, but you're picking like a unique hero that has like unique combos. Um, you are 
out you are doing a lot of like outfitting them with like their their passive abilities and everything there's a wet there's weapons that you're choosing and uh masteries that you're going through and i think one of the more unique things also is that you have four abilities to choose out of a pretty big list of abilities of like maybe like you know, 15 or so abilities for each character. So the ways that you're deciding to build out that character are very unique. And the ways that you're deciding to play the character are unique. And I'm sure also when, as you're fighting the monsters, that learning the way that your character has to deal with monsters on an individual level is unique. But I don't know if it, like, I I don't think that the combos get to how uh, ridiculously deep that Monster Hunter gets. I think So my next question... Uh, and sorry to cut you off. The next question is, uh, what is the situation with like playing multiple characters or switching between characters? Do I need to grind up multiple characters? And, and what does that look like? Man, there's like a really ridiculous and crazy grind for like how much stuff you can really put into a character. I'm kind of taking it like uh, I think that a lot of people from what I've seen, like I like a, a lot of the um, Monster Hunter fandom is playing it. So like a Rex I don't know how to, Eric's gaming, Eric's Eric's gaming. So a lot of the other like big monster hunter fans are playing this game right now. And, uh, they'll like focus on maining a character because there's like an insane amount of, of like constant grind or depth to be able to put into the characters, masteries, their weapons, unlocking everything for them and, and learning how to fight the character, uh, fight different bosses. Cause like I said, like there, there's a lot of, individual ways you can maybe style on characters stuff like um iframes or okay. or like perfect parrying like learn like characters will have like some wit some insane depth to just like maybe that like learning how, that that there's like uh, uh when you go into charging um uh uh certain characters like attacks or something they'll become like immune for a frame and uh mm-hmm. one thing I, I like siegfried is a character i played a lot where he has uh just frame combos where if you do uh he has a regular combo string but if you just frame the combo uh he he flashes red and then at the end if you get five perfect just frames then he gets a unique combo finisher that is like this insanely high damage so like learning when and where you can get those in and some of these like things and learning that i guess that's the where the depth comes from and i and for me actually it is building up multiple characters it is learning multiple characters okay. and, and uh and playing multiple characters and, and, and do you think them. that this game is as challenging as monster hunter uh again like it's kind of hard for me to say because i i haven't played to like the end the end degree i i, I would say so far the answer is no it's a little bit more fun uh, like the, it's more a little bit like not, not fun, not fun, not fun, a little bit more casual, I guess, than Monster Hunter, a little bit more like freeform, uh, uh, than, than Monster Hunter is where like Monster Hunter can be very, very punishing, very rewarding for getting better. Whereas like this game, I think is like less likely to just give you like okay. an end screen or something. I think whenever you, uh, you won't get good rewards, but you can die multiple times. You have one free, like revive potion on yourself and then if you die outside of that as far as i don't know if it gets harder because there's other ranks and there's like people who are putting like hundreds of hours into this game and i put in like 20 30 okay uh, um, um so i don't know if there's like but usually like if you down get downed your 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 friends have to come and pick you up uh and there's not like a um, yeah, carding so, or like a hard ending to the to the game so 
Yeah, my understanding is that some of the mechanisms or like maybe the um, gameplay loop is similar to Monster Hunter. But in, in terms of things like, uh, you know, in Monster Hunter, you're like farming a monster to get ingredients to build something. Is, is there anything like that in this game? What does the um, building weapons is one of the big things like? building okay. and upgrading weapons do require uh, a lot of specific thing. And then there's also like character unique armor sets. Not that you can see the armor, but it's like they're called sigils and they'll be very mm. they're there. That's like, I think some of the end game is that there is like a, uh, normally these are passives that are like, they're whatever we're talking about. Sometimes they're like increases attack, increases crit rate, increases crit damage, um, makes you take less frost damage. But then near the end of the game, they can be very specific to a character of like this, this attack functions slightly differently. Um, or gives you giving during this attack you're invincible or something like maybe more unique to that specific character and that's like a big end game grind uh, I know um, for me I guess where I would say is like one maybe one of the bigger differences and where it kind of deviates is that the fights are a little bit more like the this the way that what surrounds it and picking. Uh, like, a, you know, a, a unique character and going to a quest giver and then uh, uh, putting yourself into a queue and then going to fight a monster to farm it for a unique drop. All that kind of stuff is pretty Monster Hunter-y. Where it kind of, like, deviates from Monster Hunter is that the fights are much more endgame MMO raid. It is, yeah. like, they yeah, are... It does, it does look like that. They are sure. crazy. They are, like, you know, the, 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 the bosses are all very, like, you have to learn the mechanics you they will uh buy the later uh, harder modes they are going to one shot you uh there's a lot of like phases to them there's a lot of telegraph attacks there's a lot of like oh we're in we just hit phase two you got to run away and then these pools appear on the ground and all this kind of stuff is happening I, i really love that like i think that it's a big difference like this is not a this is not at all a criticism to monster hunter it's just functions very differently like monster hunter um, you, you, you usually like you spawn in this area and you walk and you find the monster and then the monster does have unique attacks and functions in unique ways. And maybe they also have like, not a phase two, but as they, they go into like, kind of like this, like more, you know, brutish mode, maybe near the end. But this is like, it's, it's weird because it's combining some of that, like monster hunter grind with like this MMO style of like really exciting, like your you got a tank, a healer, and the the boss is a massive dragon that's like got all these wild attacks, yeah. multiple and phases. Obviously, obviously, Monster Hunter doesn't have like the the tri- the character triangle, but it does have the like sort of raid style fights in its end game. Yeah, so like I, I would say that like there's so many different parts of it that it's like it's for it's almost for people who are like I really loved doing MMO raid bosses but I don't want to do this boring-ass grind, and I don't want to play 50 hours to get a level, a character to level max, or find a guild. Like, if you like that, if you like this, like, flashy boss with different phases and these crazy one-shot mechanics and telegraphs and everything, um, then this is kind of maybe more... And, and you want that maybe in a Monster Hunter package where it's like, oh, I gotta go fight this um, skeleton boss three times uh, for his drop or something because I want to make a sword for Percival, um, his ice weapon or something. Um, that is kind of what this is. Um, I like and, that. And that, like, and that it's going to be, it's going to be, like, combining 
the grand blue it's almost like it's like combining the grand blue world it's beautiful by the way like it's incredibly good and it runs well on steam deck but like it's weird how it on steam deck like you're gonna run it at like 30 frames and it's look gonna look good and be totally playable and you're gonna it's gonna be fine but then when you when i just like i just played it a little bit earlier today when i got home uh, uh on uh computer and it just like looks unbelievably good like then it, then it just like looks like outstanding so you're gonna like these these like crazy MMO bosses. So don't play it on PC because it's gonna spoil you. Play it on the Steam Deck. <laughs> Do play it on PC on PC or PS5 or whatever. And um, uh, I think that so like like what what makes me keep wanting to play it is that like every character has got their own grind, their own weapons, their own unique sigils, their own masteries and passive system and all this. And they all play so differently and are so fun and they work so differently and have their own unique combos and styles and ways that they interact with bosses. So I think like just switching between characters and having a great time and like loving the way that this looks and plays and then jumping into like a pseudo MMO monster hunt yeah. like it's a lot it's a lot and it does it all very well i would play grand blue relink but the problem is i'm playing like a dragon infinite wealth oh yeah this is a big uh this is a big game single player game right here oh my god it you know it it, it always feels hyperbolic to say like oh this is my gonna be my game of the year and maybe it is hyperbolic because i don't know what's coming out this year but wow if there are games in this year that are as good or better than Yakuza 8, which I'm, I'm going to end up accidentally calling it Yakuza. You know, they the what the last time that they released Why have Yakuza, they gotten away from that, do you think? Why, do you have an answer? Um, well, did you know that it was never called Yakuza in Japan? It was always just called Like a Dragon? I did not know that. Is, so that's so, one so of do you reasons. think that it was like, so in Japan it had an interesting name and then... For Americans, they're like, we got to make this cells, and they love the Americans love like mafia and gangs, so let's call it Yakuza. Part of it also is that uh, the game doesn't always include the Yakuza. Like the Yakuza is not a key part of of the game necessarily. Maybe it was in seven, but but also I feel like I I don't know the numbers, but I feel like. Yakuza 7, which was the first turn-based one, was super successful for them. And they want people to know, hey, this is this is that. This is that game. And maybe that's not it because they've also released like Like a Dragon Ishin and other games since then that are, you know, in the brawler style. But this is the direct sequel to Yakuza 7. It immediately follows the events of Yakuza 7. Um, where you are once again with the character Ichiban Kasuga, which is he he's just one of the best characters in in video games. He is just like so immediately likable for so many reasons. and 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 I think that 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 is one of the the things that I really sold me on this game is just like, all right, I'm gonna get more of that character, and that's really all that I need. but but then the game is so much more. Uh, I, I will say that I think this is maybe a hard sell for people who didn't play Yakuza 7. Like I said, this is a direct sequel. Uh, the game does start off with like a, do you want to know everything that happened in the last game? Uh, which is fine. That works. It does work. But, but I feel like 
I would be very surprised if anybody played through Yakuza 7 and doesn't want to play this one because it is just that but better. So I'll talk a little bit about it and I'll talk about what kind of makes it better. And, you know, if you have any questions on it, let me know. Sure. Uh, I mean, so, I, I was interested to hear, like, it's it's turn-based again? It is a turn-based game. It is turn-based uh, with a couple of interesting features. So it, it has, it, it is turn-based. It is completely turn-based. Um, but things are always happening around you. So a fight breaks out in this game, and it, it's not like, oh, now you go to like a different area or a different region. Wherever you were standing uh, is where the fight happens. So you could be fighting in traffic, or you could be fighting near a pier. Uh, and you could like... Th the game has a lot of like directionality to it now, too, where now... Uh, one of the things that's new to this one is your characters are walking around. So your turn starts and you have like a radius that your character can move around. And the enemies are also moving around a little bit. So you have the opportunity to like wait for enemies to line up next to each other and then cast like an AOE attack or like an attack that hits in a line. Or you're like setting them up so that you're hitting them into oncoming traffic and insta-killing them. Um, so it's stuff like that. It's stuff like, I have like a high bond with this character, so I'm going to try to knock this enemy into that character to get bonus damage and things like that. Does, does that make sense so far? Yeah. It's a little hard to, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think you might need to see some of it in motion, but like... So so there is, like, a little bit of finickiness where you're kind of, like, sometimes you're just, like, trying to, like, maneuver around the enemies in such a way that you're kind of, like, directing them to walk in certain angles so you get, like, a perfect hit on them. So the fights also do have this sort of, like, puzzly element to them where you're trying to, like, make them move in the way that you want so that you can hit them, right? And then there's things like, oh, I did an attack that knocked someone down. And if I input what I want to do next fast enough, I can get like this grounded attack where like oh, you have cool. one there's character. A, there's, an, there's a timing element? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Where, where you're like knocking someone down and then on the next character you're like, all right, I really just want to get uh, finish my turn as quick as possible so I can hit this downed character. And the special moves that you're doing, like when you're when you're casting certain moves, there's also timing elements there of like, you know... Uh, this this move has like a quick time sequence where you have to hit the button really fast or hit this, you know, this is like a character doing like a dance sequence where you have to hit these buttons in order and then you'll get like bonus damage or you'll get a status ailment or it'll increase the AOE of the attack, stuff like that when you when you hit the input correctly. Yeah, is this game is like this, it already sounds a little bit like it, but this game is like ridiculous as some of these other Yakuza are like very funny and... This game, this game is the most fucking wild among all of them. Has it ever? I think I saw um, a gotcha, a fake gotcha. This so this game also has a creature collecting to it, where they're called Sujimon. Uh, this is something from the last game where you were trying to fill out like a dossier of of Sujimon, which I I forget exactly what it means in. So in, in Japanese, Sujimon uh, translates to muscle men. But the, but the way that they've renamed... That like, in, in the English dub of it, they say they're called Suji 
because that stands for super jittery because they're the type of men that make you nervous to be around. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I, did, I did see like a fake gotcha pull, and I would say that yes, I do. I would feel extremely. They look like Tekken customization characters. They absolutely are. So this is the creature collecting in the game, where this game has one of, one of the mini games of which there are many. One of them is a creature collecting which is this entire Pokemon element to it, where after you defeat an enemy, sometimes they'll hang around and you try to convince them to join uh, your your Sujimon party, which is a Pokemon league where you're going through the world and you're fighting gyms and leveling up and evolving your, your Sujimon and doing gacha pulls to get new one and fusing them together and teaching them new moves and exact it's just pokemon yeah it is just pokemon that you're playing with homeless people and it is very bizarre and very funny i wonder i mean like i don't know if you'd be able to answer this for me but i I, am i wrong in thinking that like the original way that yakuza worked i i did play one of the yakuza and it was like not that crazy i mean maybe like they had had like irreverent moments or something especially inside missions but for the most part it was a pretty serious game and you're kind of like going from area to area and it was very much like a grand theft auto game where you're getting missions and then you're told to go somewhere else and there was a ton of the ton of uh exposition in story and i feel like i don't know when it happened maybe it was more recently but it's like now they're very over the top ridiculous nonsensical funny yeah and the main story is still like pretty pretty serious the main story is still like telling you about like, you know, these are the problems that are like facing society. These are the problem with like uh, the economy and like people who are disenfranchised. This game takes place in Hawaii. So the game uh, discusses a lot about issues with the economy, issues with tourism in Hawaii, uh, issues with the homeless and how a lot of homeless folks in the U.S. get shipped to Hawaii because it's like a tropical region where they could theoretically survive outside, but then there are issues with that and with crime that, like, are, you know, problematic well, How else would area. you build up your Sujimon? Doesn't that seem like that makes a lot of yeah. sense? So, so the main story still is, like, pretty serious, but it's when you get to the side quests where it's like, all right, now you have the Sujimon League, you have an Animal Crossing-style game where you're developing and building up this side island. Uh, you have a food delivery minigame that is just Crazy Taxi. It, it is literally Crazy Taxi where you are trying to collect these different food around the board, and right before you deliver it, you're trying to do insane tricks so that the people getting the food are like, this guy's fucking crazy. And then you bring them the food and that's that it's like a, a scoring and combo trial. Like if you haven't played crazy taxi, then instead think about crazy. like a, a Tony Hawk style. Game. I mean, this is developed by Sega, right? And Sega is also in the middle of doing a uh, new crazy taxi. So this, this is, them this is, you think this a, is the, uh, this is the demo. Yeah. This is, they're trying to test the waters. Yeah. Yeah, you can also just play Virtua Fighter 3 in this game and a bunch of other early Sega arcade games. And and then there is uh, you know, it is also like a class-based JRPG where you're unlocking new jobs as you play through the game. Certain characters have specific jobs that they're good at. 
um, the main character can also be a Sujimancer, which is a summoner that leverages the Sujimon you've captured so far. Well, I, I mean, one, one, I, actually, one thing I wanted to know is, like, I, one thing I have heard about is that there's a ton of exposition in this game, and it's, like, you know, eight hours of... I think I heard somewhere it was, like, eight hours of cutscenes before the game starts kind of opening up a little bit more. And I don't think that, like, I guess with this particular type of game, and especially this franchise, maybe that's not a big deal, but, like, do you, is that is that true? And I guess, like, you're just kind of on board. Like, you've, you've, you've like, you love this franchise. I love this franchise. So, I so even specifically if do... love, like, 7 and 8. But the, but the thing about it is, yeah, like, it, it the, it's not that it's all cutscenes. It's that it's all linear. It's that you're not open to the big wide world until, like, after 8 hours. Yeah. So like that that's sort of the situation you're playing sooner than then. But it is like the the wheels are the training wheels are still on. Uh you're not like changing classes or like switching out party members or you're you're pretty much like railroaded. Yeah. Uh for the first 8 hours before you're in the wide world. I think that, that that's fine. I guess if it's you're going to play it the first time, but that does seem like The, the thing like also a- though is it's really fucking good. Like the first 8 hours, yes. It, you are railroaded, but you're railroaded through good content, you know? Yeah. Like, you're still, like, here's a good, here's awesome cutscenes about, like, all the shit that's going on and all the setup for this world. Here's you getting introduced to the characters. Here's you meeting really crazy villains. Like, the villains in this game so far have been incredibly good. The way that you meet your party members uh, is is really great. Like, getting a new party member is such, like, a big and incredible feeling in this game and and the party members are really interesting and and play in some some great ways so one of the things that this isn't a spoiler but kiryu who is one of the main characters from uh other from from the brawler yakuza's from from most of the other yakuza's is kiryu he's a member of your party early on in this game and he has like stance switching where he is moving between like a speed stance which gives him like two attacks a style stance which gives him access to moves that push the enemy further away and like a grappler stance which is able to like break guard so like the the different characters in this game are not just getting access to like unique uh jobs but also unique mechanics like like uh here you stance switching it's it's i guess it's hard to talk about this game because it's like it's probably so good for yakuza fans and but it's like outside of that it's like a known quantity and it's like you know you know whether or not you'd want it's to play not this known. it's fucking think... wild this is this is well, a bizarre saying... quantity well it, it, it always is a bizarre quantity but like i i wonder if these games like i feel like there's just there's like hardcore fans that that are like that love this um and know what they're getting into and are having a great time and surprised and then you know like but it to other people, I guess it's just scary, right? Like the the. Well, it's weird because I feel like you know there, there are people of like two opinions. There are people who have played Infinite Wealth and love it, and then there are the people who haven't tried it. Like, like I do feel like if people remotely think that this is something that they could be into, that they would love it because there this game doesn't really, so far anyway, and and I felt this way with Yakuza Seven, uh. For, for the most part, um, this game doesn't really have weaknesses. Everything about this game so far is just incredible. So I'm waiting to see 
if something about it goes wrong. The only thing, the only criticism I had of Yakuza 7 is that there is um, a really wild difficulty curve, which like forced a grind at the end of the game. So it was like in this otherwise perfect game, it had like a hiccup on pace. And I'm interested to see if anything in this game ends up falling flat. Or if it really is just like, no, this is the best Yakuza game that there's ever been. Uh, I don't know uh, what the... Ne like, I didn't read negative reviews of this game. I didn't read any reviews of this game. Um, I am the type of person who, as soon as I know that I'm going to love a game, I don't read reviews. I only read reviews for games I don't plan on playing. Uh so I don't know what the negative reviews on this game are, but I would be interested to read them after I've played through the, the game. All right. It's Should just you... it's just great. It's just it's just incredible. Should we change it up? You want to talk about some fighting games? Maybe we should talk about a fighting game. Uh Undernight in Birth. Oh, there's out, there is fighting games. Uh which is a game that for some fucking reason came out. Why the same Why day would you release this game? On the same day as Tekken 8, like, are you under the impression that, oh, the, 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 under the crossover night. audience, you know, like, these are the two opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, yes and no. Fighting game enjoyers, they play all the fighting games. Like, regardless of the fact that Undernight is on the opposite side of the spectrum of Tekken, like, they're still in the same genre. It's still a bad idea to release your game the same the same day, right, as Tekken? It's so bad. It's just a bad idea. Yeah, so bad. We kind of talked about Tekken a little bit earlier, but we're, we're going to give it a, its due. But yeah, like, Undernight, it's a bummer because I I really love this franchise, and nothing else kind of plays as smoothly as it. I feel like it's kind of the, the peak of anime fighting games in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like the, the cast is so great and diverse. The flow of it and the movement is fantastic. That it like the characters and sprites still look so good and the animation still looks so good. There's there's multiple characters for everyone kind of. Um, yeah, I, I had played. Love it or hate it though, it is an anime game and that comes with its like specific reservations. Yeah, which is, I mean, what for you? What what has bothered you? Uh, the combos. There's one issue that I've always had with uh, anime games, which I I think that this was solved a little bit in Guilty Gear. You know. The combos are really fucking long. They're really long. Uh, this game doesn't have combo breaks. So it is the situation... And, and everything combos. Almost everything combos. So you're in a situation where you get hit and it's time to watch a movie. Yeah. And so... That yeah, Guilty Gear combos are much shorter. Um, I, would, I, I agree with you. Yeah, they're much shorter. They deal 80% of your life. But at least they're only a few hits. The other thing also is that Guilty Gear has the wall break. So the so like it, I think this is one of the coolest things they've ever added to an anime game is that the if you're hitting someone against the wall that the wall will break and then you'll go to you'll reset neutral. And I think definitely playing anime again games again you realize like damn it sucks to be in the corner in the anime game. Like you there's so much happening so quickly that it's like such a negative once you've gotten the corner. It like doesn't feel like you have a lot of uh, agency sometimes in the corner. It can be wild. Yeah, I, I do love the cast, but but yeah, it is nuts when when like these characters have access to so much crazy shit um, that feels and, and this is another anime issue, right, where it feels incredible to pilot these characters. But when you are on the receiving end of it, it can sometimes feel uh, impossible to fight them. 
Yeah. Or that there's, there's like, so many elements to the character that's, like, uh, sort of, like, so wild or out there that it's, like, you're just going to get hit by this, you know? Like, you're going to, like, it's a 50-50 or something. Or, like, this thing is so fast that this character does. This thing is so, like, broken and wild and anime that they just teleport, you know? And it's, like, it yeah, feels like great to be game... on one side of it, sure. But, like, yeah, the other side of it is, yeah, like... One of the characters that I really liked was Byakuya, who is a trap rushdown character which is like a pretty unique premise because most um trap characters are either these like mid-range characters or their zoners uh who are like trying to keep you out but byakuya is like a character who's like putting traps on the ground and then is like trying to rush you up or mix you up or strike through you because he has a directional throw where he can just throw you into one of the traps that he's put down and then just combo you from there and like those that is one example, but, like, every character has these types of novel ideas. Yeah, this game came out, like, a little bit... It came out... I think it, like, ended up unlocking on Steam, like, almost, like, a day or something before Tekken. Less than a day. And one of the other really messed up things about this game was that uh, when it first came out, there was... I, and I, there might still be, like, horrible... No, they fixed it uh, February fixed it? 7th. Four days okay. ago. They, they just fixed it? it all in. Wow. Yeah, it so took you, them... It took them like five or six patches to fix the game. Yeah, so there, the online wasn't working. Like the the player matches were, we were able to get into player matches, but the online wasn't working. So so uh, you couldn't get like a random match. Like I, I was never able to get into like a ranked game or a random player match or like a casual match. Like it was like it, we could get into lobby games. Like if you made, we made a lobby and connected to each other, it would work. But yeah, like the ranked mode didn't work. And, and it's so sad because... The, again, like whose plan was this? It's, an, it's insane for Undernight, a, like a niche anime fighting game that is generally beloved by the small group of people that play it, to release like basically the day of Tekken, and then you didn't have the online. It's like, oh, what a bummer! Oh God, like that sucked. That sucked. I feel so bad for. I mean, I shouldn't feel bad for them, but like, how'd they do this? How how did they do this? Who they could have just waited. It's so weird to me to like you have, I, I can't even think of like what the it's it's insane. It's t like you are, uh, it's another fighting game, and you're gonna and you decide out of three hundred sixty five or three hundred sixty six days this year, you you had to release on the Tekken day. It couldn't have you couldn't have like if this game had come out a month earlier. It would have gotten. I, I think it would. It could have gotten its time a little bit more, or even like maybe I, a month later. Maybe a month later, if, especially edition. if it wasn't done. Like maybe, and then the, you could have had the online and everything smooth. Like if it came out in a, a month later, where maybe some of the immediate Tekken uh, fervor has died down. But come on, like you released it on that day. That's such a bad idea. Agreed. So you keep bringing up this game Tekken. Yeah, I think so. So Tekken Eight came out wild tekken 8 came out oh um, you know what i said i'm not playing tekken i'm skipping tekken yeah you were playing uh some undernight and we were having a great time playing it and and i i i do uh love me some undernight um but you ended up downloading tekken um i'm really interested because i think that one of the best ways we could start off by talking about is like why do you like this? Like, you you don't really like uh, Tekken a, a lot. Like, you'd never really put in a lot of time into Tekken 7 or any previous Tekken. So, like, what made you interested in it? And you seem to be liking it, but, like, what makes it good? What makes Tekken 8 
um, and catch better your eye. Better than Tekken 7? Yeah, what makes it catch your eye? Uh, well, for me, I watched, um, you know, I, I think that uh, since Guilty Gear Strive came out, I've just consumed more fighting game content than I had in the past. Uh, so even for fighting games that I'm not playing, um, I'm always, like, watching content. And, you know, watching, like, people rank the the Tekken cast and, and talking about, like, oh, this is how you choose your character in Tekken 8. Like, I watched the three-hour Rufalmonger video where he breaks down uh, the nuances of every character. And, you know... I, I didn't really care until I saw him like talking specifically about certain characters uh, like Claudio and like June where he's like, you know, Claudio is like a wizard and June is like a cleric and June uses her life for attacks. And, you know, uh, Claudio has access to this like buff ability that like the starburst, which like you hit people and you make them explode. Um, so I, I think that learning about the character nuances and I think the way that uh, the new Tekken mechanic Heat, uh, which is, bad is sort of a, it's a really bad name. Yeah, the Heat mechanic. I mean, Heat uh, allows you to really. Uh, I really like, don't like saying that a character is in Heat. Yeah, it in, it, it sort of like injects steroids into your character's unique mechanics to make them more unique. So when Claudio enters Star uh, Heat. He has Starburst all the time. We're just like a lot of his moves just have like this incredible power to them that need to be that need to be blocked. He needs to be respected when he's in it. Uh, Elisa, one of my other favorite characters, has chainsaw arms, and when she is in heat, they do like a ton of chip damage. So she she puts the opponent sort of like on edge because even if they're like blocking her attacks, they're doing a ton of damage uh another character i'm playing lee is a character that has all of these like just frame inputs where if you land the just frames in heat you're rewarded because your heat meter won't reduce it'll like maintain itself or if you aren't good at doing the just inputs when you go into heat uh the just inputs aren't required to get the bonus effects so all of the characters are getting like these different buffs and benefits that emphasize what makes them unique. Uh, and I think that that's really important for a game where for me, especially in, in previous Tekkens, I had a hard time looking at characters and being like, okay, what makes this character special? Yeah, I think I, I agree. Like on the outside, it, it is kind of difficult sometimes with Tekken. Um, we were just talking about an anime game where the characters are in like unmistakably unique. Like Byakuya, yeah, in, Byakuya in, looks... Like, like he has like you know spider legs and he makes um, spider. Undernight, there's a character with a gun that has an active reload where you have to reload the gun at the right time, and if you do, you get incendiary rounds that deal damage over time. Yeah, so there's like, stuff. I, I look at that. I know it makes them unique, but in Tekken, it's like this guy. This guy has this insane uh, one. He's got a a one that's faster than everyone else's one. I, I mean, in a Tekken. Until um, other than like your Alyssa or, May, or like Yoshimitsu and Kuma, um, that kind of came in some of the Tekkens. A lot of the cast is like this is a boxer, this is a, a kickboxer, this person is uh, Muay Thai. Um, so like a lot of people have a uh, the basis of their attacks is a realistic fighting game. It is a realistic fighting style, 
and the way that the game would look or play in a lot of cases i mean there is there is juggling which like and like these juggling combos that are like obviously not real but like that doesn't look different to people so like the core of the neutral i think it's very hard to tell um from a spectator why anyone is different like especially when it's like this person is kickboxing and this person is muay thai like yeah they're standing differently and it looks differently but like what makes their gameplay different like be, like you said byakuya is putting down traps and is like rushing the person down and the person's afraid that they're going to get thrown and put into a trap for big damage that's not something that any other character in that game does much less like in a lot of other games you don't even have that mechanic so in tekken like why would like yeah yeah steve fox is a boxer and he's punching but like why from a gameplay standpoint is that different and it's very hard to see um some of the gameplay reasons why characters are different but i agree with you that like heat is the most unique that any uh tekken character has ever been it kind of is like a street fighter 5 v trigger where you're like activating this like passive stance where you have a timer um you can go into it a couple different ways it's, it's a very like freeform system where um you can go into it by either hitting with some of your character's best moves that can cause like a heat engage where you like knock the character. It's this very cinematic looking thing where you knock the character away and then your character runs up to them and like you kind of get like this canned mix up. You have a chance where like you can you can do something and the enemy has to kind of hold that. They have to kind of block it or figure out how they're going to de defend against it. Um, or you can do like a heat smash or something, which is like uh, your. It, it's a it's a, a move that has armor that's like a special attack that you do where you just armor through the enemy's attack and you hit them and then you get yourself into uh, into heat you 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 get in heat and then when you're in heat which is still bad uh, you, you like you said you, your character becomes very unique maybe they have access to certain abilities or new moves I and new passives all, you know? and yeah like you've said that so it's very it's very different it's very unique. Um, and it does make the cast uh, uh, more uh, rounded or, like, make the game uh, feel like the cast has, is more different than they've ever been. I guess one really wild thing about Tekken 8 is that it's it has to have the largest launch roster of any fighting game. Uh, is it? It's like, it's like 32, right? It's a huge launch roster. Is that the most? Uh, I, I Maybe for, like, a non-tag game. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, yeah, other than, like, maybe, like, Marvel or something like that. Uh, uh, I mean, for a launch roster, do we consider, like, um, Chrono Fence, like, the the last Blaze Blue in the in the series to be, like, I mean, we don't have to no. yours. We could just say that it's a big, it's a big launch roster. It's a, hu it's a huge launch roster. Um, one thing is, I, I think the game looks gorgeous. I think Tekken has never looked this good. And one of the big reasons why is that Tekken is such an iterative fighting game. It's really weird playing Tekken versus other fighting games because um, Tekken, generally everything kind of crosses over in Tekken in a way that is not true for other fighting games. Like, yeah, if you play Street Fighter five a million hours if you play street fighter six like some of the core concept of street fighter like the footsies or the strike throw game um having learning to deal with certain mechanics like fireballs that might take someone like a long time to really like wrap their head around 
the movement or the, of the 2D yeah. plane and like fireballs, all those things like, yeah, they transfer over a little bit, but the game itself and the mechanics and how everything works is very like built from the ground up. But in Tekken, um, it, usually like a lot of combos still just like work from the last game and characters will have these like massive, like 180, you know, moves or something. And too, uh, big. too many, too many. And uh, th- those will like usually actually transfer over. Um, to, so, and, so, and this is like a good thing and a bad thing, depending on who you are and how you feel. Because there isn't like Tekken is also like super fucking pretentious, and I don't mean like in the way that like we talk about hipster pretentious. I mean like there is literal pretense to the way that the game is built and what you're supposed to know about it that the game doesn't teach you that you can really only learn from exterior sources because the game doesn't really have a, a full tutorial it's better than it's ever been it actually is this is the first Tekken that's had a combo trials which is like a big step in the right direction and, um, and yet it's still hardly like you could say that it's the best it's ever been i would say that it's the worst of uh the genre and we can both be right but yes yeah yeah, like I, I, I do wish that it had uh, more combo trials and more information and more tutorials on the things you kind of need to know because I like it, you, like you talked about with the pretense like there's a lot of like weird aspects to Tekken that you're like supposed to know you're supposed to know about like oh Law does junkyard dog or like Nina does can opener or something like there's like it, it's wild the character expression in Tekken is so weird that when characters have like 180 moves it starts to be like they'll have moves that like you never see pros use because they kind of suck or are counterable uh something where they like an example of it would be like something where it's like a it's like a high move that goes into like a low mid or something and maybe it's like super punishable but when you're starting out and learning tekken someone's just gonna like do that like eight times in a row and beat you with it and you're like what is going on like I don't yeah know. it's like i was watching i was watching a pro player run through like these are claudio's best and worst moves and one of his best his worst moves is a move i use all the time and i get a ton of damage off of it so it's it's really bizarre uh to 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 like I don't know to have these massive move lists and then like to not know what to do because there are so many moves and beginner guides are like an hour long for every character or they're like, or like I watched a guide recently for a character that's like, yeah, this is Lee. Um, His main source of damage is you do back two loops and it's like, what the fuck is that? And then you see what a back two loop is. And then you go into training mode and you realize that it, it's not real. It's imaginary. Uh, they're playing a different game than you on a different patch because your character doesn't do that. When you bring Lee out, there's no such thing as a back two loop. That's not real. And it's only for their game of Tekken. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, then you're like, all right, all right well, this, this, this person doing this video, he made an hour-long video uh, where he says that I can do this infinite that I cannot make happen once. Uh so, so this is the issue with Tekken, uh, but only if you care about that, because there's also most people, there's also the 99% of people who don't care about that and who are still going to enjoy Tekken and who are going to go online and they'll, maybe they get their ass kicked or maybe they have a positive win rate because despite the fact that there is all of this tech under the hood that's possible, you don't need to know it to win the game. 
Like, yeah. it, like a lot of this stuff isn't really essential. Like, there, there are lead combos that you could do. You don't need to know back two loops. Uh, you could do the combos that the that the combo trials teach you and get along fine uh, for a really long time. Yeah, it's and wild. Like, I, I think tons of single player content. I, it's wild because I think that there's like a lot of other like a lot of fighting games want to have character expression. And despite the fact that, like we've said before, like on the outside, Tekken might have in the past struggled with, uh, you know, a layperson understanding the character expression. But when you really think about like uh, some other games, like what your choices are you're making versus Tekken, like the choices are insane. You're looking at like you, you in your head, you have all these different things you could do, all these different moves, and then everyone plays so differently. You can go online and fight one uh you know claudio that never uses I haven't a move seen half the cast still like i like i've i i don't think i've even seen half of the cast yeah you can yeah. you can go online and fight one person that just like loves this certain string or this certain technique on this one character and then you fight the same character and they're playing completely differently they don't even use that thing at all one time and you're like what what happened i thought that like by the end of the last set i was getting used to the fact that this like Brian was nonstop like orbitaling and now or like snake edging and now he's just this, I keep blocking low and this guy is just like doing orbital or or like uh, uh, jet up or something and it's like what is, why is this so different? Um, so like the ways you can you can just like throw out certain moves in your mind, never use them. You can choose to use them a lot. You can like you incorporate them in your game plan to get people to to start deciding to block low all the time so you can do something else. It's pretty wild. Like the character expression, the mind games, how many things you can kind of like run through in a set. I think Tekken is to me, one of the, the, the big selling points is that like out of all the games, the fighting games that have kind of like onions, uh, the, an onion that you're kind of like slowly peeling back the layers of. Uh, and what I mean is like, if you're playing like a long set with a friend or something, you might start losing it a lot and then you start figuring out that they're doing this one thing and now you're winning it a lot because you're playing in a certain way and they have to respond with the next thing and in tekken there's usually like a perfect answer to a lot of things there's like between the mechanics like the high counters and uh the low parry and the huge vast uh, roster of, of of abilities and moves and stuff that you have versus theirs. There's always usually like something that can start changing the whole style of the set. And just like I think that's one thing I really appreciate about Tekken is that like every uh, everyone can play something differently. And that if you're playing you know someone for a long time, like your style will change, their style will change as like you get used to certain things or as certain things start to work better or worse. You can surprise them with moves that you've never used before. It's just pretty wild. Yeah. So, like I said, also huge amount of story content and single player content if that's what you want to do. There's the story mode, there's arcade, there's character episodes where every character just goes through and you learn their specific story. Then there's an arcade quest mode, which is kind of like World Tour, also kind of like, um, it, it, it's fun. It the, the arcade quest is you are playing as a avatar that is excited about the release of Tekken Eight, and then you're going to arcades uh, to play Tekken Eight. So it's a game about playing Tekken Eight, which Wild. is is fun. Wow! And and that's where they hide the tutorial. Huh. 
That's where they tell you how to play Tekken 8. That's where they explain what heat is and what rage arts are and all of this other like specific tech is in that. But that also feels really fun uh, because uh, that is like you are gaining ranks and things like that and you're like facing harder opponents. Uh, so it's almost like you're playing online offline. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. So you're having a good time with it, which is kind of surprising. Are you surprised? Because you, because like, I think on the outside, uh, historically, it would make a lot of sense for you to look at if you're looking at between um, Undernight, uh, the new Undernight, and Tekken, uh, that you would be more of an Undernight person. And now that you're playing Tekken, I feel like you, that's what you want to do. I just want to play Tekken. The only things that I want to do right now is play Tekken, play Infinite Wealth. And wait patiently for Last Epic to release. So is, is that Tekken? Uh, that's Tekken for now. I'm excited to hear how you feel about it once you've played it more. I, I mean, I've played certainly less than you. I think it's 30 hours, actually, which is still a fair amount. Yeah, 30 hours. Um, I don't get a ton of time to play Tekken, but yes, I think Tekken 8 is phenomenal. Um, there's, there's many reasons why I like Tekken, and I've said some of them. And one of the main reasons, actually is that you you mentioned before that like you know the uh anime games you are getting comboed for a long time tekken one of the interesting things about tekken is that you're making a lot of choices in yeah, a tekken there's round a lot of, there's a, a lot of tekken. trading like especially once you start getting better at tekken it, when you 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 think that tekken especially at a, like a lower level or a mid level tekken is a lot of these like fishing for huge huge combos and big hits but as you start getting better and even if you're playing like a long set with your friend and you start getting more defensive um tekken really is about a lot of like chips and trades here and there it's a lot of like you're like you know kicking someone in the shins in a fight or something and it's not i play galloway almost every round goes to time end yeah like it doesn't it's weird because like Tekken matches could end in like two con like a, a, a match can end a round can end in like ten seconds because of it like can a end big on launcher. One mix. Yeah, one mix. Yeah, like we'll one single mix can be like you like a tech like like a, a, a one combo and then after that one more choice. But normally, especially when the people start to be slower and more defensive and harder to open up, the game just starts being about like people are blocking mid so a lot of the big launchers aren't working anymore and people are just trading these really quick hits back and forth and going for these like low hits where they're just going to kind of kick you in the legs a little bit and it's going to do like 10 percent of your health or like way less maybe even less like eight percent five percent and it's not really doing that much damage but it's going to start to make you like want to block low or something or try and get try and like low parry that low and then that's where you get opened up so like it's kind of interesting like you as you get better and more defensive like it actually starts to be that you're making a lot of choices and standing up and you're like in your opponent's face and it's like i'm gonna hit you with this string and and like okay good you blocked it but you're but uh i'm safe enough that you're just gonna like hit me one time now you're it's your turn you're gonna hit me with this string you know who are you liking in tekken and uh who are you excited to learn next um, it's it's a great cast. Uh, uh, I I I had in Tekken Seven. I liked Steve Fox a lot, and he's always been one of my favorite characters in Tekken because he's one of the most immediately unique characters. He doesn't have uh, kicks really. He's he's uh, a boxer, and his kick buttons make him like dash or move. 
Um, and I'm loving Steve. As like someone who played mostly Steve through Tekken 7, and Tekken 7, I think, might have been the fighting game I played the most, I believe. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I'm loving Steve. He, I think he's never been more fun. It is the fighting game I've played the most. For me, oh, no, the thing not, about, about playing uh, Tekken right now also is the zeitgeist. Yeah. It's like, for, for me, I just like to watch tournaments and know what's going on and have an opinion about the characters and get excited to see my character on the screen. Do you feel that way? Do you always like to see your character win? Um, not really. I, I'm actually like, I like really love... My char- I like to see my character win. I'm like, I'm loving all the whole cast. So there's like, there's like five or so characters that like, I absolutely love. And that would probably be like Steve, Brian. I really love Leroy, Jin. Um, play Leroy uh, then. Coward. Yeah, I, I do want to play Leroy. But, uh, but again, like, I, I think the other thing that, that about Tekken and the, here's like the negative to having all those moves is that if you pick up like a Street Fighter character, you're, it's not that you're going to be good at it. Of course, it takes like hundreds of hours and then thousands of hours to like be in like the master version of these characters or really like be incredible. But you could start to feel like you're playing the character early. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, there's a Street Fighter character has, you know, they're more or less uh, uh, five or six like kind of move special moves and then maybe like five or ten uh like unique command normals and stuff like that so so like the 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 look of playing that character the feel of playing that character you might get it earlier tekken if you learn a combo or two like you're not going to be good for a little while like you 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 need to know if i started the game by playing lee i would have quit you know like you like there's so many things that it's like like once you you start to feel like you're playing a character or you're understanding them when it's like what's your go to low at this range what's your go to low at this further range what's your your 14 flame frame launcher your 16 frame launcher your big punish what's your 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 uh launch from a low what's your counter hit ability what's your counter hit move from this thing what's your like techniques what's your like there's so many things that goes into learning a character and feeling like it like when you really have put in the time that you feel like it's diverse enough because until you get there you you feel like not only do you is it not fun because you're maybe going for like one or two things and you're very easy to read but like you won't have the answers to an enemy that's doing one thing over and over again until you like learn um uh certain things about the game until you learn a lot more about the character you just feel like you're not kind of playing them or doing anything interesting until you're like until you're really opening up and like learning you 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 know a lot of these strings you feel comfortable and it's just second nature that you're at certain ranges you want to do certain things you develop the style for them and my recommendation for that would be uh don't just play your friends who are way better at the game than you also play online it's always good to play online because you play play diverse other people who are new and who are figuring the game out. Sure. And and the game also has uh, the thing that we love, which is that each of the characters rank up uh, Best thing in the world. of one another. Best thing about fighting games, when they do that. Yeah. Uh, so that's Tekken. Feels good about it. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see where it ends up. And, you know, exciting games on the horizon. With, uh, we're, we're just over a week out from Last Epic, which is... Uh, a long time coming that game's been in development for you know i've been having my eye on it for like six years at this point seven years even damn that's video games you like them you oh love them? man 
You know what's crazy oh. is, is like I, I, it does have to be video games, and it's been a long time. But like also, Honkai has been the best it's ever been, and they created this world that takes like the the setup for the new area is a uh, floating space hotel where when you go to sleep at night, you're in everyone else's shared dream of like this yeah, like the metropolis. Cage movie. What? Like the Nicolas Cage movie. What, what Nicolas Cage movie? Dream scenario. Oh my god! I gotta look at I gotta look at dream scenario. You Wait. haven't seen this? It's the it's the, or heard of it? Dream scenario is a movie where people keep dreaming of Nicolas Cage's character, and they're oh, wow. like, that's, "Hey, that I know you. Terrifying. You're in my dream." And he's like, "I'm just a guy." And November everyone's 10, like, "Why are you in my dream?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'm just a guy." <laughs> well, I mean. Not exactly like that, but sure. It's just a wild area. It's so off the rails. It's so wild and cool. And the story has never been this good. And I'm like, actually, uh, I, I talked. I've talked tons about Honkai and uh, Star Rail, and I feel like up until this area, especially this the more recent area that they did, I was kind of let down. And then now we're like we're back on track. They're they're doing a phenomenal job. Um, so I just I, I I was gonna like give it more because like there's so much to say about this area and how mechanically they abuse the idea of like being in a dream like um all this complicated stuff like the way that their your perspective of things influences the reality of things so if it looks like you know perspectively that these two things are connected then they are connected if that makes any sense which i almost don't think it does um it's just very cool it's a very very good time to play that game um but but what a wild time for video games and also like just like you said i, I just want to play some tekken Let's play some Tekken. Play some Tekken. Thanks, Kirby. Thanks, everyone. WTPodcast.com. You find us there. You find us on Apple Music. We love Apple Music. This podcast brought to you by Apple, Apple, Apple Music. And v- Apple um, VR, where you can have all uh, your $500 uh, kitchen timer. And thank you, Ryan. It's th- $3,500. Oh, I, got, I was off the money. I was off on the amount of money. Um, thank you, Bumpier, for the user of music, Bumper. <laughs> I love changing it, but I also realize how, how it, if, I, if I say it wrong, then it's also not actually the right name. Thank you, Bumper, for the user of music. We use the intro and outro. Uh, you can get it off the newest album, Pop Songs 2020. That's as new as it gets, huh? That's as new as it gets. Uh, and uh, mm. uh, go out there and... Uh, what, what is what is Rufamonger say? He's like... Uh, uh, be well and go play some Tekken or something, right? What did he say? I mean, he's not wrong. I think Tekken's good. I think people should play Tekken. Uh, go out there and play some Tekken. Oh, thanks.